0: spiritual underground podcast uh coming to you out here from the wood shop and it looks like i got no it looks okay i thought i had a little audio thing sometimes my uh computer uh stutter steps and i'm wondering if i'm not going to have to get a new uh tool before too long but that is not the problem for today uh dtmww.net it's my little handyman woodworking shop uh woodworking business you can get any place in the louisville metro area I'm willing to drive to you. Um, It's dan at dtmww.net, and you can find my phone number all over the place. Uh, Facebook pages, Instagram. uh, Thumbtack is an app I use to get work done. Um, So holler at me there. Also, uh, 12-Step Spiritual Recovery, a book by the gentleman across the table for me today, James Christopher Cohn, is on Amazon. Uh, You can get that in uh, any version you want. Um, you can get it on a Kindle. Get the uh, full volume, or it's a volume one and two. Uh, it is a guide to uh, this twelve-step path that is, uh, well, uh, it's an optimized path to this uh, happy, joyous, and free state that uh, Bill Wilson talks about in in the original writing. So you can go out there and find that on Amazon. Uh, don't think you'll have any problem finding it. We have meetings here in the Louisville area. We also having right now, of course, with all the uh, mess we have, this stuff going on, uh, Zoom meetings. So that means you can join these meetings from anywhere. So if you will contact me or check out that Twelve Step Spiritual Recovery uh, Facebook page, you can find your way into there. Uh, there's a Wednesday or Tuesday night meeting that's women's only, and we have the uh, the uh, Thursday night meeting that is uh, all are welcome so i've been looking forward to this i like to uh well just first off you know everybody's heard if you listen unless this is the first time you have listened to this podcast you've heard the impact that christopher's had on my life uh we sit down once in a while and talk and just to some extent uh, probably any conversation we have at jimmy john's or any place like that will probably probably be podcast worthy uh minus any specific personal details so uh, we just gel together really good, and, uh, and I'm blessed to have him in my life. And, like, I don't know whether if it's qu- uh, quarterly or what it is, I did, look, I did look back, and it's been a little while uh, since we've sat down. And uh, I don't know what – I guess it just come in the universe. You mentioned it a couple times. I mentioned it, and we said, let's make it happen. And it's interesting, too, is that uh, at the same time I have a hole not a hole in my schedule, but, you know, I have a – where I, I would have had to work a little harder to get a guest – uh at the moment and and it's really no problem to do that but it's interesting to watch the flow of the universe how it sends people at times that's what seems to happen is that the universe sends me people pretty much on a regular basis and i know that this, this thing is being supported because i see that happening uh and uh this week he sent christopher he she it uh how's it going today man
1: Oh, we have to talk? Is that how this thing works? Yeah, yeah. uh, I could just do a monologue, but I'm sure I I couldn't keep you quiet for too long. (laughs) Hey, everybody. I'm here. Uh, Doing good today. It's a beautiful, uh, almost fallish morning here in in, uh, August in Louisville, and that's insane. We never get that here. So I could take more of this.
0: I woke up the other morning, and uh, one of my first things I do with this gig I got today is double-check the weather. Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, I need to know if it's going to be raining, whatever's going on. And, uh, and I got up and I looked at my app and I thought, well, this thing's got to be screwed up, you know? And I did, and I didn't even, I, I totally didn't process it. I just shut the app down and restarted it thinking, (laughs) you know, it's got some bug in it. It's got me someplace else. It's got some other day's data on it. And nope, it was actually, uh, whatever, 59 degrees the other morning here. Uh, so yeah, it is, has been a, a good little string.
1: It's funny how weather impacts us as human beings. And we, you know, in modern society, we've isolated ourselves behind steel and glass and air conditioning and everything control completely out of touch with nature, that we're actually a part of the ecosystem. We forget that. And nature is reminding us of that right now with the epidemic. Um, But when I was up north in Minnesota, you know, during the hardest parts of winter, everybody just is, you know, it just affects everybody and we're in that period here in Louisville usually between late July through oh. September labor day or so or just the dog days
0: of summer. summer gets oppressive southern
1: summers it is the and cicadas it's tough. are going and
0: yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. and that uh you know, they talk about humidity in certain places of the world, and you'll hear people talk about that once in a while, but I really can't imagine, except for like rainforest environments yeah, and stuff exactly. like that, uh, just in general, I can't imagine it being any more humid on some of them dog days is what, what it is here. Uh, there does those are the deep. days
1: I can't wait to get home and just peel off every stitch of clothing yeah. it's like oh it's like because your clothing become like like a second skin on you with all the sweat and everything yeah. but yeah, yeah. Sticky. it's not that bad we're no, exaggerating sure it's co- a yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: small potatoes. it's all not like in living all, but,
1: in the Sahara or anything
0: well, I think the point of that is is I welcome the break we've had the yes. last few days and yes. uh, and it does put some pep in my and step and I think
1: the point is too is just um, as long as we're jumping right into this thing um Mother Nature reminding us that we are part of that ecosystem. I mean, overall, uh, let's just jump right into it, Um, one of the greatest gifts you'll get from the 12-step work is this deep spirituality that you're own, right? And it makes you much more in touch with things that are happening around you. And for me, what it's done, one of the greatest gifts is it's given me that longer view on things. Like, I don't get so caught up in the short-term events. I sort of step back and I look at, okay, what's, is there a bigger picture? To to what's happening here, and that's truly how I feel about the epidemic right now. Is that if this is Mother Earth, Mother Nature, reminding us who's in charge, yeah. and that we are just small little gnats on her planet. That if we get in her way, she will kick us off.
0: Yeah, yeah. And I and you know I I hear things because uh, I believe a lot of times when people first coming around here, this we sound like we're being contradictory. Uh, You're know, talking about the long term effects, but then also just for today,
2: mm-hmm. you know, and mm-hmm. there
0: is a balance you achieve in both of those things where, you know, I am living in the moment if it's not, you know, and, and I have only today, but yeah, an awareness of, uh, of a bigger picture too. And, and, you know, to some extent, you know, what, what is my impact, uh, in, in my life today? That's one of the things that's, uh, uh, constantly been ringing my bell a little bit is, uh, uh, that the guy said the other night i feel like i'm being called and i know i've been called you know so uh keeping that awareness out there for where i'm supposed to be going you know not getting out of today but also keeping my my eyes on the path forward
1: i think for me it's the longer view comes during my meditations and during my spiritual quiet times where i can sort of step back and get a perspective on everything And, you know, when we're emotional as human beings, we have trouble developing perspective because we're so caught up. And so that's where the one day at a time is. The difference between where I was before I found this program and and what this program has done for me is that with the one day at a time tool, I'm not immobilized by fear, by worry, by concerns about tomorrow. And I mean, literally as a child, being born with the disease we both have of alcoholism, and for those of you who don't understand, it is a disease, it's a mental illness of the mind, and we've had it since birth, (laughs) and it's progressive, we may not have known we had it, but I know I had it, because I've done my inventory and I've seen those patterns back in my life when I was a kid, and literally I couldn't sleep. As a little kid, you know, I got this this anxiety, this worry, this nervousness about what's going to happen in school tomorrow, what's going to happen next week, and blah, blah, blah. And I didn't realize that was my alcoholism already tricking me as, you know, seven, eight years old, whatever I was. Um, And today I sleep like a baby, like literally I don't care what's going on in the news. I literally hit the bed and, and I'm out like a light, you know, and that's something
0: I could not do that piece i did not have before this program Yep, same here and that piece uh hasn't been around that awful long for me Mm -hmm. uh just a few years ago i remember you know it's it's the head is spinning out of control and i uh i had some times when i was a kid and and one of them was and and it seems like it sits real heavy on me even still today but it's not a fear anymore but uh, the impact it had on me as a kid is that i had a big time fear of death i had yeah. Of me dying, of my parents dying, of people around me dying. I mean, it was just consumed by the thought of death. Uh, and you know, you wanna talk about something you're powerless over, uh, what what happens in that department and, and I do. I remember spending tons of time and like nightmare time on it. But yeah, one I like <clears throat> lately I've been doing this thing about the number one thing in recovery. And the number one thing in recovery for me is that the quality uh, of sleep I get today. Mm -hmm. uh, That is definitely a gift. Uh, I'll credit some of that to meditation, I believe. I believe a meditation practice helps you settle down. I do have like an on-off switch almost. That's why my naps are so effective. I don't spend any time taking a nap or getting to, you know, to doing it. I, if I have a 15-minute window, I'm, a, I'm capable of getting a 14-minute nap. <laughs> I'm always adding to my list of what I call the isms. Yeah, You've heard
1: that term in, in group rooms, um, I suppose it comes from alcoholism and they make jokes that it's alcoholism, not alcohol wasm, mm-hmm. you don't get cured. Yeah. Um, but my isms are all the stuff that, I, that, that my mind is besieged by when I'm sober. And I'm always adding to the list when I hear these patterns, because obviously I work with a lot of people with this disease. I mean, I have a good glossary yeah. of experience of you know, these are people who have these symptoms when they're sober. And I'm always looking to add to it. And I'm going to add that one. You just really clicked with me today because I had that same thing. My obsession with death, it wasn't an obsession. I was so worried about, you could expand that and say, worried about what's my purpose? Why are we here? With these bigger questions, you know? And, you know, there's this documentary called Bill W. which is about his uh, journey, his life. Um, And it was on uh, (coughs) public television. And uh, they were interviewing alcoholics in, you know, shadows so you didn't know their identity about, you know, their experience with this disease. And one of them said, alcoholics have a thirst. They have this deep thirsting for answers, for things to fit, for for them to fit in, uh, for a purpose, like, you know, we talked about that. Almost every actor, alcoholic, wants to make a huge difference in this world. Yeah. Um, At the beginning of Bill's story in the Alcoholics Anonymous big book on page two, he says, I'd prove to the world I was important. Yeah. And I'm a writer, okay, so I pay very close attention to the words he chose. And in that sentence, he did not just say he was going to prove that to his hometown yeah. or to New York State or to the United States. He said, I'm going to prove to the goddamn world that I am important. Yeah. And, um, and so we can't quite do that in this crazy society. They program us to fit into. We may have certain talents, but if those talents don't make money, mm-hmm. then you're not going to do it. And I do run into a lot of patients who are working for a factory, you know, working for a corporation, and they're not pursuing their passions. And I try to teach them. You don't think that's connected to why you're pouring a chemical down your throat that's yeah. killing you? Yeah. Um, so they are. They have this deep yearning to make a difference, to make a, a mark. Um, some people misinterpret that as ego, and it can come out as ego yeah. if it's misused. Um, but yeah, I'm always adding to that list of isms about what makes us tick, because science doesn't understand us. I'm just going to go on the record and say that I haven't yet. This is just my experience. <laughs> I have not yet met a psychiatrist who really understands this. They just, unless they have this disease. Unless they have it, yeah. Yeah, and that uh, was an interesting discussion we had in group the other day actually about, um, see, because I was trained with a very open-minded therapist who was probably the best person I've ever met in the field. I'll just go on record and say that. His name is Todd Reynolds, he's fantastic. Um, and he used to say to me, you know, do I have to have cancer to be a good cancer doctor? Hmm. And I'd say, you know, it's a good point. I don't think you actually have to. And yet, as we discussed it in group yesterday, and as I've talked to other addicts and alcoholics, there's that missing piece. Because someone in my group right now uh, went to another treatment center in this town, and not one person on staff, Dan, had this disease. They were just trained therapists. And she said, they didn't understand. They don't get it. Until you live in our skin. And for anybody that's out there maybe suffering with an alcoholic in your life and you don't understand why they do the things they do, that's because they have a different brain chemistry. They, they, they react differently. They think differently. They process differently. They feel differently. And then they act differently after all that. <laughs> and we're out of step with the rest of the fellows you know one out of ten in the population has this genetic predisposition and people are like i don't understand that guy why does he do why does he drink so much why does he do that it's because he's don't understand why he won't stop i mean well we could say the same thing if you substitute a bipolar you know say well i don't understand that person's acting like bipolar why are they so manic why are they staying up for nights and burning all their money and doing you know this is what stuff bipolars do um why is that depressed person? I don't understand. He's laid in bed for three weeks. He's not showering. What's wrong with him? I don't understand him. It's called mental well, illness. He just pick himself
0: up by his bootstraps.
1: You know, but I, I, I'm I get at, it. Yeah,
0: and we can't. It's so uh, there you because those things we actually can. I think most people can like rationalize that this person is ill, but not with this one. That there's a, couple a block of there of uh, people not being. A couple to of reasons
1: that I've surmised. One is I think alcohol. Alcoholics in their history of recovery have not served themselves well because we have fought being called crazy ever yeah. since day one, right? Yeah. We always wanted our own special category. Yeah. Like, don't put me in the asylum with those really crazy people, right? right? I'm just an alcoholic. You can still hear that today. So I think we have fought that. And so they said, well, yeah, you might be different or <laughs> not. Um, that is what we understand about brain chemistry today. Um, and also...
0: lost the thought (laughs) Uh, you said something that you know i had that just happen in this in the past two weeks of somebody telling me that they had went to treatment and they put them in the wrong group and they put them in a combination psych Mm -hmm. uh, cd those really crazy people yeah (laughs) and i did giggle inside i was like yeah uh, wrong group uh and it uh we we'll reject that that thought that uh and then I think that's part of oh, this education you, and one of the you. things. You help me remember. Go ahead. Uh, that's, for anybody that's listening on, you and would.
1: you're getting older in your age, anytime you forget something, the trick is to change the subject. And as you change the subject, your brain will finally go back to what you remembered you wanted to say. Um, and guess what? It just went again.
0: No, I don't you was explaining it. <laughs> uh, well, I told a couple people, too, you know, uh, I truly believe this, that uh, 100% that these folks that come land in your, and I don't even know, in your group. That's the right word. Uh, I was wanting to say class or something, and, and that's probably uh, that's probably the right term, too. Um, they don't get, in, well, most of them don't get the gift that's been handed to them to have someone like you who uh, puts it at a level. What I heard, like, you know, the old thing out of the white man can't jump thing about, you know, can you, uh, do you listen to Jimmy or can you hear Jimmy, <laughs> or isn't that the way it goes? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you put it in a way that people can hear you know where a lot of that doesn't get through uh, from another angle. You 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 simplify it. You know, and it's funny because it's not like simplified. You're very detailed and technical, and <laughs> but uh, over and over again, you know, you've gotten through to people in in the way that you uh, the way that you carry this message, and, and it's just uh, those people don't understand the gift they've been handed. You know, sometimes they have Thank to come you. back and get the gift four or five times, right?
1: And there's also that philosophy and treatment, and I'm humble enough to know that, you know, it's always the right fit, too. I'm not the best fit for everybody. Right. And I just had a fellow recently who was like, I don't want to hear about this 12-step shit. <laughs> and I was like, there's other groups, brother. I can help you get get referred to another group. Um, now it's come back. Um, so the other aspect of why people are having a hard time understanding our illness is, you know, we hurt people. Our illness really injures and harms and maims people. More so than even any other illness, and other illnesses do too. It's very hard to live with anybody with a mental illness. Yeah. But the way we steal, lie, cheat, and just con- all the crap we, put, we do, people don't yeah. have any sympathy. Yeah. They don't right. want to hear yeah. that we're sick. Yeah. I mean, I can't tell you how many times I've heard in my group when a husband is saying, you know, my wife just doesn't want to hear about it. They just want me to be punished. <laughs> and they, yeah.
0: They're come, They're mad at you. And when yeah. human beings are mad at you, they're not thinking logically. Yeah. Yeah, and, you know, we do that so covertly, too. You know, there are some outside, like when we just straight up steal from you or do that kind of stuff. But there's an energy we put off that make people sick, even if we haven't, like, technically, you know, put hands on somebody or actually, you know, if you have to live with me day in and day out, you're going to get sick because I'm playing some game that you don't understand the rules to. Which
1: is such a testimony to these tools, Dan, because it's a dark energy is what it is. I try to... Um, share with people in my sport group especially the amount of dark energy I absorb on a daily basis and you know people are like they don't understand that the tightrope you have to walk to really do self-care have balance in your life uh, have supports you know work your own program and not take it too personally and not step out on that limb too far about I care too much about this patient trying to save them against their will uh, it's really dark ass energy. So as a testimony to these tools, and Dan sitting here, and I sitting here on these mics, and we juice about being in sobriety and everything's all great, and blah, 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 blah. it's like, <laughs> folks, we came from the darkest dark nebula that exists in the galaxy. Trust me on that one. Um, and that's why we're able to be of service, is we do understand that lifestyle, that life more than you know somebody that hasn't lived it. Yep, yep. You gotta go all the way to the bottom to understand what that's like the nader of despair that's the quote bill uses in the book the yeah. nadir of despair he had a very poetic tongue yes the <laughs> words that are in
0: that book are uh i, I still you know there, there are certain lines <clears throat> when i'm when i'm working with somebody and i get to certain spots in that book man i i fog up i tear up mm, where I, I, you know because it lands so heavily today you know read something uh he was reading that there was a part real early in Bill's story where he talks about miracles and that's like the first time because <clears throat> I always say miracles right it's my one of my little uh, uh, keywords and <clears throat> there was on the page of him talking about the miracles and I can't remember exactly how it was context what the context was exactly but uh, when I when I hit it I stuttered you know I was it landed different just that simple word and I've read Bill's story I don't know how many times. But uh, that jumped right out. You were saying something earlier, too, and this is something that I've been kind of, uh, well, I I figure that when uh, somebody comes up and asks me to work with them, that that's beyond me. Yeah, beyond me and that person. Uh, Just kind of same way about not believing in coincidences and all that kind of thing. Um, I believe that people are sent to me and that it's not my job to pick and choose who. You know, now I do have some, uh, you know, I need to have a filter on because if you are just blowing smoke, I want to, if I'm going to use, like, we expend a, a ton of energy doing the 12 yes, steps it with somebody. Time and energy, time and too. Time and energy, yep. And uh, and if I'm going to make a commitment, I want it to be in a with somebody who's willing, you know. And so that's a filter as a sponsor, and you've taught me that pretty well, uh, feeling people out knowing whether if this is worth walking with or if it's just smoke being blown and uh, so to circle back around to the beginning of the block is that that thing about picking and choosing who I'm going to help and I don't I don't believe, you know, I'm wanting to help anybody that comes down the pipe and wants it, and it doesn't make any difference. Uh, you know, this whole thing about sponsoring females has been a uh, huge growth spurt for me. It's, it's added <laughs> me some elements into my life. It's I know you've.
1: It's interesting. It's really different. Yeah,
0: it is. It's really, really different, you know, and, you know, to some extent, you know, there's that little voice in my head that tells me uh, that I can't do it, you know. Uh, well, I have a doubting thing still, you know, and i don 't believe that one bit because I rationalize that that 's that voice, this alcoholism thing telling me i can't do this or do that and mm-hmm. uh or maybe you know, and then of course the the little bit of um social thing around the circles where that is not okay and and then you know we it doesn't take any rocket scientists to understand why that can be a risky proposition <laughs> well
1: but I, you know i'm going to say something might be a little controversial, but it is fact um. Taking that longer view on things, right? Back in the 1940s, women were not allowed to come to Alcoholics Anonymous meetings. Yep. So, are we going to stick to that one, or are we going to change? Yep. Then there was a period when African Americans were not allowed to come to meetings. You know, the saddest story about that, Joe McCready, one of the co-founders of Recovery Dynamics, and who did the Joe and Charlie tapes, everybody pumps up and says, Joe and Charlie tapes, Joe and Charlie, those are some... Uh, recordings you can find online about um, two fellows who go through the big book and they give the history and all the details and all the little funny stories and it's really awesome it really is it's it's a it's a it's a solid piece um this poor man in, in Mississippi I believe it was had to sit outside the church outside and listen by the window to get his alcohol to get his recovery and yet he went out to become one of our leaders to help so many other get what other people get well. So we're we gonna hold to those traditions too and not change. Right, yeah, I we mean lost. we change as a as a population all the time. And then we and as human beings, we're very inefficient yeah. <laughs> that we cannot see this longer view. I mean we go to war over things like this. We kill each other over things yeah. like that. And then what, 10, 20, 100 years later we all accept it. it's like, Oh well that's just the way it is now. Women can vote. Yeah. You know? It's <laughs> I mean and then we look back and say, I can't believe they were like that. Well, it wasn't that long ago. It really wasn't that long
0: ago. Yeah, this must uh, evolve and progress in a way that, you know, that makes it inclusive. While we have these, you know, like I say, you know, we have we have no rules, I'm going to break them all. Yeah, in uh, our I'm program. Not, I did a third-step decision, you know, and I'm not in charge of this thing anymore. And uh, I figure that if it feels right, then, then I can do that. I can sponsor anybody who wants some help. And and these gals have brought something to an aspect and a perspective to my life that I didn't know I was missing. Well, it's kind of
1: funny, even our founder, co-founder Bill in the thirties knew enough about people becoming a little zealous about the traditions that he wrote this whole essay in the 12 and 12 on rule 62, don't yeah. take yourself so damn seriously. Yeah. I mean, that is the, that is the correct answer to give to anybody. who approaches you after a meeting and says, can I talk to you a second? I got an issue with something. Dude, go and read this chapter. Don't take yourself so damn seriously. You are not the AA world police. We don't need your help. This thing has been going fine for, for a long time, and it's all over the world, and we're growing. We're growing and changing, and we need to. That was one of the last things Bill Wilson wrote that I'll never forget. It was one of the most valuable lessons that my sponsor, Dr. Burns Brady, shout out to him who gave me a lot of the juice that I have today, Uh, said that one of the last things that Bill wrote was that AA should and must change in the future. Now, that's our Mm co-founder, AA must change. Now, uh, he says you have to take everything in context, and he wrote this in the late 60s before he passed away, 67, 68, 69. And he passed away in 70, 71. Um, And it was the time of the drug craze. And all these people are coming into the meetings saying, I need some help. And we're going to stick to our traditions and say, well, we can't help you sorry. And Bill was like, I don't know about this. I have some thoughts. Yeah. Yes, we have to follow the traditions. Yes, we're not going to go change everything. I'm not a complete off my rocker kind of dude. Uh, I'm a strong traditionalist in my own way, mm-hmm. but I'm also open-minded. And yeah, also, right. this is where I fall on. It's something I really wanted to say today. This whole deal, recovery, is about helping somebody else. Absolutely. Period. You, you, we get very uh, self-focused and you're, you have a right to do that during your process during your process, man, it's all about you. <laughs> you. This is your time. I have to coach my patients on that because you know they, they're co- caught up with, I got to get a job. I got to f- make sure my parents are happy. I said, fuck them. You're at a crossroads of your life where if you continue on this way, we know it's certain disaster and doom. And if you go this way, it's got to be all in. Like you say, chips in the middle of the table, let's push them in. So this is all about you. But then after you do your work, it's all about the next person. Right. And, and I've I'm, I'm reached a point in my spiritual development that I don't see people in terms of labels. I turn, I call them sufferers. Mm-hmm. It's about the next sufferer now. It yeah. is not about the next alcoholic addict, bipolar, codependent, whatever your freaking deal is, you're suffering. You're right. a soul that's in pain. And we have it's answers. Beautiful. We have a solution that we're going to talk about today is working for everybody. And it always has. I mean, we've had, what, 60-plus 12-step fellowship groups throughout the world for everything you can imagine. Hell, you probably got a wood shop 12-step. for yeah. yeah. People that are too obsessive about their woodworking, um, which you're not there yet. Not yet. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, and now you, Dan and, and the group of guys decided we're going to start to do something about it instead of talking about it. I even had somebody say uh, – in either my group or one of the groups I went to this past week, somebody was saying that same thing about, I wish the whole world had this. Yeah. I wish everybody else. Well, what are you going to do about it, pal? you going to sit at home on your laurels and say, well, I'm glad I got mine. And that seems there's a lot of people that seem content to do that. Yeah. And then for anybody that's trying to get out there and do something and actually share this, they start throwing stones like, you know, I'm not sure you should be doing that. What? This is God's gift to yeah. humanity. This, to be is not, this is not God's gift just to one fellowship, and how do we know that? Because Bill Wilson himself said that nobody owns the 12 steps. Right. That's why they have freely shared the 12-step philosophy and program with any organization or any group of people that wants it. They're just like, here, do what you want with it. So nobody owns that, right? This isn't proprietary or you're violating traditions. This is a separate program that we decided to start, 12-step spiritual recovery so that anybody can come in from the storm out there, the crazy ass storm we're living in and see some sanity and some light at the end of the tunnel and some tools to better their life.
0: And we're seeing it, brother. Mm -hmm. Our group is tight. Yeah. yeah. You know that, uh, the wisdom that is in that work is, uh, it it obviously divinely inspired kind of stuff like that about, you know, Bill seeing that and allowing that knowing that we're going to get, you know, at that time to think, that okay this I'm gonna need to make sure this is available to everyone you know that he, he couldn't he's not capable of doing that and then you know, just the term traditions but they didn't make them these are the rules these are the you know none of that so those little nuances
1: they didn't have no traditions back then <clears throat> yeah that was the coolest thing about if you really know and I you know hmm, I have a hard time with people who make assumptions about me without knowing the history. I know a lot about the history of recovery because I had a sponsor, Dr. Burns Brady, who was the, i never met anybody in my life. Yeah, definitely. Who could tell you the details about how this deal got going. And when he passes away, we're going to lose a tremendous resource in this area in Louisville. He's helped hey. more people than I can <clears> even imagine. In I the world, really, but, um, they didn't know what they were doing. <laughs> These guys didn't have a clue. I would, you know, holding meetings, trying to sponsor people. They didn't have sponsors. Yeah. They had a, 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 a... What are we
0: going to do in this meeting? They what had a deal
1: gonna... where they'd say, I vouch for this guy. And then that turned into sponsorship, right. yeah. you know. Um, and so we're in the same genesis of our movement. And, you know, if people want to throw stones, if we make a mistake, I'm like, you know, we don't know what we're doing. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what else to tell you. There's no rule book. There's no guidelines. This, we're starting something completely brand new. And for everybody that's in our group right now, I really try to pump that up whenever I think about it without sounding like I'm beating a drum too often that, you know, you guys are doing it. You guys are keeping the lights on and you're keeping the seats warm and the coffee going and we are holding this space for the rest of the world to find us. Yeah. And, and, and it's exciting as hell. Mm -hmm. It's also that journey of patience, Yeah, you know, that, um, which has been a hallmark of my recovery journey is learning that, that everything happens in God's time. You know, when it's meant to happen, it'll happen, and we get these breakthroughs where people find us, and we get this juice flowing, we get new groups started, Um, but I I have a feeling that when it breaks, it'll break, and um, I don't know what that moment's going to be, but that's up to God. We just do our part, like we're doing this podcast today. Yeah, yeah,
0: that... uh... It feel, it certainly fills a spot in my, like kind of like a female sponsor. It filled a spot in my life I didn't know was missing. The TSSR world and it's different a chance it? to work with people. The that,
1: one thing uh, that's really different to me is um, our meetings every week seem to be on a level of of safety and intimacy. Yeah. That I was always looking for in other recovery meetings. Now you will be hit or miss. You'll find meetings that are solid. You know, people are really working the tools yeah. and the traditions, and they're not cross-talking or picking people apart or gossiping and all that or garbage that happens with human nature, right? Mm -hmm. Any any group you go into, that's human nature. Um, But our groups, every week it just astonishes me at the level of how we're holding that space where everybody is safe and you can talk about anything you need to, and we support you and nobody's going to come at you trying to fix you. You know, I had a conversation with somebody this past week who was at the group, and they were concerned about, you know, somebody was really in distress. And I said, well, let me say this to you, you know, because you're falling a little bit into your codependency about wanting to fix them. I said, they're at a meeting, they're sober, and they're processing their feelings. That's actually golden. They're doing just fine. Yep. Yeah. And they felt
0: better after they processed their feelings. Yeah.
1: That's what a meeting is for. Yeah, it's supposed to. That's, that's exact,
0: it. You know, like you said, that's exactly what I want, is for somebody to be safe, to be, those meetings to be a safe place to do that. And I'm so glad we're on that same page because I want this on the record.
1: This is a recorded moment in history. That is what TSSR will stand for above anything else we accomplish, is that we will have meetings that are safe and supportive for everyone to share. Yeah. You know, now we don't, want people dominating the whole hour. We do have guidelines about three to five minutes. Let's not get into a therapy session and pour everything out at once. And we have some guidelines on that. But as far as what you share, man, we support you and we accept where you're at. And we're not going to give you a label. You know, you don't have to have a, membership card to get in the door yeah is this okay
0: can i be here (laughs) there's a little there is a little of that energy especially for new people that i guess just maybe because they haven't talked in so long it just comes pouring out and they need to like make sure that they have this qualifier that they like need to prove they're supposed to be here you know, they're mm-hmm. going to give you, you know, and then that is come from that identification aspect of when you're sharing in a meeting or, you know, speaking and that kind of thing. But it's like, yeah, you don't have to have anything. It's okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's, uh, we, don't, we don't need, you know, you're not going to get a yellow sticker for alcoholism and a blue one for <laughs> uh, for
1: addict. Labels keep us apart as human beings. And, and if you look at the destruction it cause, causes for our species, republican versus democrat there's just one example of how i mean it is ripping our country apart
2: the spiritual this just
1: astounds me i'm going to get a little political for a second because what i'm ashamed of is that it is even called political everything's called political yeah i mean and i'm like okay so how did the ability for my child to have fresh air to breathe when he's 30 years old how did that become a political issue it's all about the corporations and the power structure i'm smart enough to see that Um, but the thing that kills me is, you know, this country was founded on one, one, one term that we all say the United States, (laughs) the United States of America, this is, and, and we're being divided by labels and, and by, uh, media that's just using us, just playing us as pawns in the, in the game for the people that want more power and money. We're, we are pawns in the game of people who want more power and money. I don't have power and money. I don't have, like, that level of control or, or manipulation like they do. And so they're using those labels like, well, it's because I'm this or because you're that. And it, um, same thing with in recovery. When we get into labels, I believe it separates us. And yeah, uh, we're all absolutely. here as suffering souls, human beings who are trying to make it on this planet, and it's a goddamn hard planet to make it on sometimes the way we've set it up as human beings. And... Um, we wanna support each other and and love each other and um so when you're talking about sponsorship, one of the greatest gifts for me in this whole experience is, you know, I've for whatever reasons, you've had a lot of brand new types and I've mm-hmm. had uh, who don't have alcoholism or addiction and I've had several of those, but a lot of my work has been with the people who are already in recovery. Right. And then they sought me out saying, Hey, I see something different here. I want some of that deeper level stuff. Um Just to go back for a second, guys. So when I was writing this book, one of the—if you know anything about alcoholism—we have this interior critic, and this critic is always picking us apart, telling us it can't work out. This, this is not going to happen. You can't do this. (laughs) It's not on our side. It's always picking us apart. That's part of alcoholism. And um, this critic was telling me, you know, so you got this deeper work, but who's to say it just happened for you? And who's to say you can translate this that other people in recovery can get deeper recovery. I didn't know that was true. And then when Higher Power was revealing, no, this book is really going to be for everyone, yeah. this was a process. This was revealed to me as I'm doing the thing. And I know some people get sketchy on that stuff, and I would have too when I was first starting out. But that's honestly how it happened. I was writing this thing, and I'm getting these clues like, oh, this is what we're writing. And really any writer will tell you that's part of the process. you like like going this, oh, we're writing this now, uh, if you follow the muse. Yeah. And yep. so um, I didn't know if it was going to translate to normal people. I didn't know if this work was, which you can talk a lot about in a second. Um, but this idea that I could take people to that deeper level of recovery, nothing warms my heart more than, I mean, our good friend Dogman. I know he wouldn't mind me mentioning. I'm not going to mention any details about what we're working on or anything. But just well, yeah. when Tell he us calls deepest, darkest, me, fifth step secret. I mean, this guy has done major work in other programs, not yep. just recovery. Right. And he's, he's a solid-ass dude and um when he calls me and he's just like brother I'm, I'm seeing it i'm getting this deeper shit and he says my whole life's like changing and moving right now and there's all this stuff happening i'm just like lighting up like a firecracker because right. there is no greater <clears throat> feeling than to see your boy or gal right. come into their own and their lights are on and their life is expanding and they're happier than they've ever been i'm i'm always like i said ri- writer with words i pay attention when people say things like i'm happier than i've ever been in my life mm-hmm in my life now think about that if a dude's been here for 40 years and he's telling you this is it pal this i got this from doing this deeper level work i'm like yeah buddy
0: (laughs) i mean it gets me excited yeah me too there really is nothing better there's nothing there is no juice any better than when somebody you have worked with is is you know my you taught me so when i sponsor somebody I have some ground rules. I want to lay out the expectations. I want to make sure that you're clear. I want to make sure that you understand the agreement you're entering into when we're going to do this thing. That we're not just gonna. I'm just not going to be your buddy. That's not the point. We're going to start doing work. And uh, <clears throat> one of them, my final one, my final thing is there is my. When you get done with this thing, first I say you got to give it away. And another, but my last thing is is when you get done with this thing, you're required to share that juice with me. Because I need that juice in my life uh, I want to, and it makes a hair stand up in on my arms when I think about when you get those phone calls and people have, uh you know and it doesn't have to be anything special. It doesn't have to be that they won the race this weekend. No, it's just I that it. it's that <laughs> happiness type of stuff and then and more times than not, it comes out in the energy that they're that's in them rather than the words they're saying. Mm-hmm. You can just feel that and hear it. Like if they have a moment where they're um, being with their
1: family and they observe their child take their first steps and, yeah. and they realize that they wouldn't have been there to observe that had they not done this work. And they're crying as they're telling you this. But, yeah. yeah, that's much more juicy than I mean, they got to raise at work. Absolutely. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, I shared a little bit ago, you know, Chase's little daughter, Rumi, is celebrating one year. just seems like a minute ago. And the story that was behind that, uh, you know, he, he was – inches from a divorce when he, when he, uh, came in this time around, you know, and, and, she was out the door, you know, and here in a short amount of time and he takes that joke that, you know, she's, uh, we're having a baby and, and it's mine. Uh, and he, that, but that, that's that stuff. Frank says like, you know, this is the life that almost didn't happen. Yeah. And, uh, and <clears throat> I told Chase, I said, you know, I feel like Chase and his family. I really feel like I'm their family. Like I'm an uncle or, you know, that I'm something actually blood connected. That's how deep I feel with him and his family.
1: Or that I feel like I don't deserve it. Yeah. It's so good. And for the person I've been in the past, how do you get here? Yeah. Um, another person that just bowls me over every time I, I feel his energy and he shares his bliss with me is Alex. Yeah. I mean, th- this guy has just recently gotten his nurse practitioner license right. and is is going to that next level of helping people, man. And he and he's drawn to helping indigenous populations with that. He's not into making a bunch of money for himself and living on a house on the hill. Yeah. And uh, and and knowing those ripple effects, that's what I'm big about, is um, how you throw that stone in the water, you help one dude, and then he goes on to help another dude, and you're changing the world. Yeah. I mean, you know, when I was a kid, I used to think of these grand schemes and designs. You know, because that's how America is. It's always huge. I got to be on Oprah and I got to write a book and that's how we changed the world. We're going to be a big deal. And now everybody will follow me. They'll come to my workshops and I'll be this cult figure. And uh, okay, there's that. <laughs> and then there's these guys just in the trenches, man, every day doing one little bit, one little bit of good yeah. in the world and it
0: makes a ripple effect, same as if you throw shit in the world. Yeah. And you know. Yeah. Uh, I wish I could find that meditation that uh, I have lost and I cannot find it, but it's a David G. one and he uses some, 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 uh, whatever language that it's uh whatever it is uh two words for juice or what what energy are you leaving in your ripple basically Mm -hmm. in your wake of your boat as you move around Mm -hmm. you know uh, and yeah to change that and to know that you're that you're having that positive impact on people even when you're not you know that's not your intent you know so i'm working with a guy that's my intent Mm-hmm. But just from existing and operating on these principles, people see that and, uh, and, and, and it's, you know, if, if nothing else, I, you'll see like, you know, sometimes I see the bell go off in somebody, you know, and they're like, hold on. Almost like a moment of self-reflection. Like, what am I doing? Oh, hold on.
1: I'll, I'll give you an example of really real world. Anybody could achieve these ripple effects doing in their walking through their daily affairs. Um, A few years back, I was backing out of a parking space, and I couldn't see past the SUV that was right up on top of me. And and so I'm slowly coming out, and apparently there was this pickup coming at the same time, and this guy was flying. And he laid into his horn so hard and revved his engine so loud to make a statement like, stupid asshole. And I was like, I wasn't even coming out. I was just creeping out to see if I could see if someone's coming and so immediately that energy I mean he sent that ripple of fuck you into the energy you 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 know so I picked up on it right and now I'm infected with that I call these things viruses you know you talk about viruses in the news today these energy level things are viruses and so that motherfucker infected me and now suddenly I caught myself driving more angrily like get the fuck out of my way you fucking assholes and the difference is, is I have a program now where I recognized I was doing that and I was able to stop it and say okay back up take a deep breath, let that dude go, work your tools. And then I was okay. And then I could send better energy into the world. But people that don't have any tools in their toolkit, and they're just reactive, that was my biggest bane issue that I could not seem to surmount before coming to this program. I was like a pinball in a pinball machine. And if I bounced off you, then I was going to bounce that energy off the next person and bounce it off the energy. If I saw something on TV, and then those motherfuckers got me all in fear, and I'm going to send that fear to you, and I'm going to can't wait to run and tell you yeah, about it, yeah. you know? Because you've you got to hear the economy's crashing. We're all going to die. You need to hear. They just said that on TV. Yep. <laughs> and we don't realize the power that has to dominate our existence. Yeah. You know, there's a line in. Bill, when he's talking about resentments in the, in the big book, and he, again with the words, he says the world and its people dominated us. Yeah, I mean, really think about what that statement as saying. Now we, as ego-driven individualists, every human being is, resent the idea that somebody could possibly control. Nobody's controlling me. Yeah, they're not choosing my path today. I'm rocking. I'm doing what I want to do. Really, then why'd you buy that plastic piece of shit made in China at the mall just now? Do you really know why you purchased that? Yeah. Well, I wanted it. Yeah, okay, why'd you want it? Uh Because you haven't done this work to see that programming, man. And I know what a strong term programming or brainwashing is for people, but I'm convinced of it now. We are just animals, just like dogs or cats. We're conditioned and we're trained. And if you don't have a program and done inventory to really step back from that and analyze what makes you tick with an objective party, not yourself. You cannot do this work by yourself. You've got to have a teacher, a guide to show you your patterns, your causes and conditions. That's what the 12 steps do, man. They unwind all that shit. I'll give you one last example. My mother has been coming back to the group. She went Mm -hmm. through some health challenges and she moved and she had a lot of changes in her life. She was unable to come to the TSSR meetings. And, um, you know, she always says, I'm going to come support my son. <laughs> Every good mother does it out there. Thank God for our moms. Um, but she told me she's in her third step and she's switching to the third and fourth columns now. And she goes, in a fourth step. she made a statement yesterday that almost fell to my chair because my mother's 85 years old guys. And we all know the older you get, you get pretty set in your yeah. ways. Like yeah, I, I don't need a teacher. I've heard it all. Just like that. Hell, I'm 58.
0: I get that way. Yeah, sometimes. That older right. dog is trained better than the puppy. <laughs>
1: But she said this statement, she's like, she's like, I'm really seeing some different ways of looking at things and some patterns that, and I said, are you looking for the word connections? She goes, yeah, things are connected that I didn't see where that came Mm -hmm. from. And it's really giving me a different, I said, mom, you were born in 1935 and you're doing this work at 85 and you're seeing these changes, dude that's the inventory process yeah,
0: how juicy is that people I
1: mean? think the inventory is <clears throat> i'm going to write down everything bad i did no it's not no, man yeah read the book yeah now if you read the old book sometimes it seems like we're just supposed to beat
0: ourselves it up does, but this yeah. new
1: book takes you through the whole process kid
0: right yeah uh that is super juice you know i mean that's simply impossible to to have your parent do this work. Think about your dad I mean, doing the 12 yeah, steps. Yeah. It's crazy, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's you know, it, it definitely needs to be, you know, it'd be on my miracle list, uh, no matter what the outcome was, but if she's, yeah, and that's exactly, you know, that's what these tools are so effective, but yet so simple in another way, you know, I mean, it doesn't take any kind of, you don't have to have any kind of special abilities, you know, people, you you just do it. And, uh, and if you have a good guide with you, which uh, you know, it's all that much better. Uh, I think the, I think the work would, especially with your book, the work would work on its own to some, to a certain it extent, does. but you know, it also gets into this. We talk a lot other night about levels, you know, and it sounds like it's a, like some kind of, uh, hierarchy and some kind of like arrogance that, you know, I'm on a level bigger than you or whatever. And I will impress on folks that anytime I'm saying this stuff, that is not the energy, you know, hell, I want you to surpass my level, <laughs> whatever that is. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the just how big a cup of juice do you want, you know? And and I think that's another thing about the 12 steps is that it has an endless, it's limitless, as Bill says. Uh, there's not like a finish line. There's not a, you know, you go through it again, you do it again, more things will be revealed, all that. And, uh, you know, because if I thought that there was a finish line, uh that'd be terribly disappointing to me today mm-hmm. if I thought that, okay, well, this is as good as it gets. Why go on? Yeah, this is as good as it gets. But, you know, that's where we're at to some extent and with our disease alcoholism. I mean, I got to a point that this was just what it is. You know, there was nothing else. There was nothing better. Uh, I am just uh, resigned to to this life of a Groundhog Day over and over again. And, uh, and these tools brought something, you know, uh, it would you know, and number one thing, is this openness to actually accept ideas and thoughts from outside? You know that I couldn't begin to. You know, and that you know how big of an open that is for your mother to begin to open up to that. Like, because I know, you know, I don't care, care how old you are, and I don't. My kids are still young, but I've heard this said before that no matter what, she's seeing three-year-old Christopher at some level, right? Every time she sees you, right? You're her, her little baby. baby. I'm her you know, baby. Will and, forever be. And, and I know inside of that same programming. That uh, you it, it's got to be terribly difficult for her to like accept and move with this work, right? Mm-hmm. Just because of that dynamic—that's nothing on purpose, you know. she's it's not like any kind of uh, she's got any negative energy towards it, but just to be able to accept that this stuff my son wrote might help me—crazy. Uh, <laughs> that is uh, that as is well crazy.
1: Miracles of recovery. You know, I get the levels thing. Um, we live in a society that. You know, we have hierarchies. We have president, vice president, chairman of the board, whatever. Uh, we give out prizes and awards. You're the best. You're number one. Yeah. And you so stand on just it's a very bit taller, peddle, pedestal. It's very competitive wrong. and all that shit. Well, in the spiritual realm, it's not like that right, at all. Right. This is, there's no judgment, there's no competition. Um, you're at the level you're at. Or the, the really analogy I love is when they talk about the ladder. You know, and Prince has a song about that called The Ladder. That's what he's talking about is this level of growth that we're all at as spirit souls that are passing through this reality. And we're working on ourselves to progress to the next level, of the ladder. And as you're on the ladder, and let's say you know how to do geometry because you're in eighth grade, and you're looking at a third grader who doesn't understand geometry and is learning basic math, you don't piss on them because they only know basic math. That's just where they're at yeah. on their soul's development. I gotta tell you, that is a powerful approach.
2: Yeah, When and you're dealing of with
1: the insanity of, of the world and when people are doing stupid things out there, especially nowadays with this health crisis and not following guidelines, you have to just accept, well, at their level of where they're at the ladder, that's where they comprehend. Yeah. I can't get angry for that, it just is what it is. Now, when you talk about going on infinitely i think about guys like the dalai lama <laughs> now he's at a level of the ladder that i'm like i won't reach in this lifetime i know that for a fact there's no freaking way that guy is yeah i mean by their faith he believes he's reincarnated and what the 13th time or whatever yeah. um i had a powerful experience like that, with that as long as we're on that topic just total side note but it was just so cool um so the Dalai Lama's brother teaches at University of Indiana we're out the road here.
0: I just listened to our Q&A.
1: <laughs> did I, t- I didn't talk about yeah. seeing the, the Dalai Lama change in front of my eyes, did I? I don't think, uh, I don't I did. think you did that. So we're there at that Kala chakra ceremony, and, and it's a long day's ceremony for 13 days where you just sit there, and they're going, oh, 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 and they're reading their texts and doing their chants. And, and he's up on his little deal there, and I was like third, well, I guess I was eighth row, but I'm centered with him. And so I'm just meditating and staring at his face. I'm using him as a focal point. I'm meditating, and as I'm meditating, I've seen pictures of the former Dalai Lamas, and I saw visages of his faiths mm. changing, and I could see the image of previous Dalai Lamas being projected through his mm. energy. Wow. He was doing that, and you know, you could say it was just a trick of the mind, all that stuff. But I'm telling you, what I know, what I saw. Yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, yeah but that- <laughs> There's a doubting thing out there for sure in that, but I understand okay. completely it's okay, it was because, my experience. Uh, yeah. You know, but is, I get that today. You know, by so the way, I this is a no tool. Thing, openness is to
1: this is a tool for everybody out there. When you have these kind of experiences, actually don't share them that often unless you're in a place yeah, where you safe. feel like it's secure or that because that that was a message or an experience for you, right? And when you share it with someone else, if it wasn't their message, they're not going to get it. They're yeah. going to pee a, piss on it and say well, that's stupid, whatever. So, you know, that was my experience. That was yeah, my thing. That helped me use. at that moment to really appreciate what their faith is based on, because that's really based on
0: this idea that he reincarnates to help the world heal. I couldn't um, accept that concept at first, and you you hinted at it in my early work. And uh, uh, But, yeah, I, I, you know, again, we don't know for sure, but I really nobody I do. I see this as everything that says. We no don't know, know, so there's no way sure. I wouldn't begin to. But... Uh, there certainly is something and one of the ways that it shows up is that you know and this sounds like this arrogant thing again but i'll just say it you know there's these what appear to be like these young souls that might be on their first trip or whatever you know and 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 as far as that eighth grader and the third grader you know you can just see that that you know they're just not and they and you know probably in this go-around they're probably not going to make it to eighth grade this go around and maybe it's not, and they be, might. It's not, not meant not, to
1: be yeah. Maybe it's not what their path is in this life yeah, so i had and to then, give
0: some grace there you know and not because i do want to like you know I, there's still that there's still this voice in there that i'm trying to tame and i don't know if it'll ever go away that wants to be the guy that will tell you why i want this just like you were saying about the mental illness thing why won't this guy just get it well you know and and i think i always struggle with that term in a when they say well he's just not ready and i get that uh but that's uh that 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 older soul, younger soul kind of thing comes through to me most of the time when I'm exchange, you know, when I'm with somebody. You know, when I I'd see these clients day to day and that'll be the kind of the measuring stick, and even though we don't need one and don't need labels. But you feel that energy in some people where and it doesn't necessarily have to be somebody old. Oh, that's what's really cool is when you run into somebody who's like young and seems to be the old soul. Uh, and I was going someplace but I'll have to um, yeah. Yeah, good. I'm glad I'm not the only one. Um,
1: that's where I was going to go with it is I do actually run into a lot of younger people who they just have a maturity level and a way of looking at their progress of their disease to make the decision at a young age to get well, that you can feel that older soul energy like you've lived quite a while. You've definitely progressed. You can just feel it. Yeah. Um, but the thing that's good about it, whether true or false, right? All of our, pro- all of our tools in the program are about real-world results. Yeah. You know, that's, I'm a, you know, I may get out, get out there in my inspiration and get, get excited and juicy talking about things. But I, at the, at the bottom of the, the end of the day, I'm a hardline pragmatist in my spirituality. If it doesn't fucking work, fucking throw it away. Yeah, I don't care what you're trying to sell me. So what's the tool the old soul, new soul crap is that it helps me deal with, with the insanity I see yeah. on the television every day. And I, I run into so many people who are get so upset. Why are these people do? What Don't they know any better? And I go, I accept them where they're at, man. Because yeah. I understand the perspective on that. They just don't get it. You cannot make somebody get it if they don't get it. They have to learn for themselves. Yeah. And it's not my journey. I can stay on my side of the street and bless them and, and have compassion. I do, I I actually feel a deep compassionate hurt when I see people out there who are suffering during the social unrest and everything that's going on right now. And, you know, I've been talking about this a little bit in group that, you know, everybody's scared. Let's just throw it on the table. Uh, it's normal as a human being. There's so much, um, uncertainty and change and upheaval going on right now. And, um, being able to navigate that with the perspective that, um, if it's not my lesson to learn, I don't have to go through that. So let me just use one example. If I'm not a bigot or I'm not racist, which I'm not, and I've never felt that actually, even as a child, you know, and I was actually, as a young age, I was bussed. That's first year busing in Louisville and we had national guard following the bus and all that jazz. Right. And, um, I didn't feel like I needed it. I had no issues with opposite races. I felt, you know, um, I didn't get it. I hated it. In fact, my family had some traditions based in Old South type things, and I would feel so uncomfortable in those circumstances because I felt an empathy, like, you know, there's no difference between us. I don't get this. So it's not my lesson. So I don't feel that I'm drawn to you know, be caught in the middle of it because I'm already there you know if there's anything i can add it's just to help people come up a little bit in their understanding and energy by sending my energies in a healing aspect or sending my energies in a teaching aspect you know and doing what i do in you know my little corner of the world so same deal with maybe you're worried about the economy and the job thing you know well you know is god your money I mean, is is money your God? If money is your God, then maybe you might have to go through the aspect of having that separated from you so that you will learn that money is not your God. I I don't have that experience right now. I don't feel that way. And so far, knock on wood, higher power, I've been able to work through this entire pandemic so far. Um, So that's some consolation that, you know, you can actually work on yourself and your own spirit and soul, and maybe you don't have to suffer and go through these experiences because you already get it. Um, if there's anything I want to say today and maybe switch the conversation a little bit, because I do think we need to offer some solace to so many people who are suffering out there with with the challenges we have in our in our world right now. Um, this is a period, in my honest view, and I've talked to other teachers I admire greatly, including my sponsor, Darren. This is a period of readjustment for the human race, and it's just beginning. That We're going through a major growth spurt. And where does growth come from human beings? Well, if you use the alcoholic example, we have to go to the bottom bottom and we have to suffer and be in a world of hurt before we will be willing to accept the new way. (laughs) And we will fight it and we will have wars over it. And we will fight that new way and not go to treatment and not work the tools. And it just gets worse and it just gets worse. And in the long view, maybe you've never heard this from anybody, guys, but I really, in my heart, despite looking past appearances believe this is a wonderful gift we're being given. I think God is checking us before we get to the no turning back point. We are pressing the levels of this planet beyond sustainability. We all know this, okay? Take it out of politics, take it out of the interests of the coal industry and the gasoline industry. Let's just stop all that shit. We all know in our guts, the, human, the planet can only take so much. You can only burn so much of the rainforest, and then we don't have oxygen, yeah. okay? We all get those things, so take your political crap out of it. If that's true, what's going to happen to our children and what's going to happen to our grandchildren? And so change only comes through struggle and upheaval. That's just, I don't think it's, I wish it was different doesn't seem very efficient but it is true of the human race if you look at the history of our species ever since we've been put here it's always through a crucible of major suffering uh, world wars whatever it is and then we come out of it with a different enlightenment or attitude and approach to things and uh, nothing was going to stop us and there's a lot of people who talk about that they have fears that maybe we'll go right back to where we were Mm because people want to go back to normal But the thing about what's happening now is this is not going to leave soon. If you listen to the experts, we're in it for the long haul. They're talking years. And so what does that mean? What what that means is this is your opportunity to look at where do you stand in this and what are you going to do to be different on the other side of it instead of worrying about being normal. I mean, I was listening to Mark Maron's podcast, WTF, and he's celebrating his recovery birthday this Monday, and I sent him a, an email about, you know, doing a recovery podcast, which, you know, would be freaking awesome, but if it's not meant to be, it's okay. But he's been talking about, you know, now that you're at home and you don't go to work and, you know, out in California, they're really shut down. Then he says, who are you? Now that all this shit has been stripped away, you know, you're not your job, you're not the suit you put on, you're not this car you're driving there anymore, then who the fuck are you? And this is this time period to grow and change, within your spirit and your soul, which is your core essence, or if you don't change, then we're not going to resolve these problems. Change always comes from within, from the individual. You, oldest teaching going. Oldest teaching going. I mean, Lord Jesus and, <laughs> yeah. and every Buddha, spiritual every single teacher, person, every has single has one that. of those, you know, you don't you know, we want to change the world, right? We want to go out and have protests. And, and I greatly admire these people for doing that. But if you don't change within,
0: right,
1: it won't last. It won't
0: take. Yep, it goes all the way back, and even you know, you and we're still teaching it, but it's uh, it seems to be a hard lesson to learn, and and, and I get it. You, we we do. We require pain in order to to, to change, and there will never be a normal. That is not possible here in this Hasn't world either. Has there ever been a normal? You know? just uh, yesterday's the times. yesterday's <laughs> difference, you know, and today is not normal. And I don't mean that yesterday. Well, I mean, 100 uh, years ago, was normal
1: if you had to go to the bathroom. You had to go out to the right, right. outside. Yeah, there was yeah. no indoor plumbing. Yeah, there's
0: always uh, going to be some evolution of some of some way. And then, like you said, I do believe that, uh, that we are getting a chance to uh, you know, some of the other terms, and you'd said earlier, you know, in your thinking when the guy was going to run into you, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, today I have, although, yes, I begin to go down that other path for a moment because I'm mean, whatever trigger hit me and's gotten me out, you know, repeating old patterns and that kind of stuff. Today I have that opportunity to course correct. And, and or I uh, think it's Don m says it uh change my angle of approach Mm -hmm. you know i get a chance to do that today you know and i think that's what we're being you know that's what's being asked of us today is to change our angle of approach we need to make a course correction in uh you know because i get to do that on a small scale and a micro scale with more on my own you know as i walk my days but you know there's also global kind of course corrections that and they, they come off of those world wars they come off of uh people flying planes into buildings they they come off of those big, big events, and this is certainly, uh, you know, because I'd have said, like, you know, 9-11 was a change-everything moment, so mm-hmm. to speak. But it's it almost was. forgotten now, right? True. Almost, you true. Know? And then you know, we have this new never-forget moment, and, uh, and, you know, we'll see what comes out of it. But I, I'm in total agreement with uh, that This is this is – this is it. like a bottom kind of, mm-hmm. a, 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 you know, and that's another one of those terms that people, you know, that, that's tough to get that point to because the bottom doesn't have to be the bottom, right? The bottom gets to be where we stop digging, and uh, and and we got an opportunity to, you know, I think we're being asked to stop digging. Another kind of cool thing, you know, this little bit of us backing off on our solution generation and that's, all that you know because i think you know I, the sky looks a little bluer and you know in the big places like that you know you list those podcasts a lot of those people are out of la and you know that traditionally you can't see across that's right you know you, you can't see down the road because of the smog that was one of the things about an immediate impact was that people were like seeing better and isn't that kind of a funny metaphor for that you know that, hmm. that uh you know I actually can see better today. Yeah, well, I think that's what we're asked to being asked to do is 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 improve our vision.
1: And, and you know, I'm not stupid. I live in the same world everybody else does, and I have to have a paycheck and I have to pay my bills, right? And so I read these things with a little bit of a mixed feeling, you know, that you know, BP is, you know, so concerned that they're gonna be 30% down in their revenues this year. <laughs> I also think that's 30% less pollution yeah. put out into this world that's killing us. And the ecosystem—it's killing all the other animals as well. Is that the line? Um, uh, yeah, sure. The the term, you know, if readjustment. There's also the term evolve, right? I mean, we have to continually change and grow as we learn new things, just like we talked about women not being able to vote and stuff like that. It's just evolving through time. Um, but my old teacher, Marion, the greatest spiritual teacher I ever met in my life, and she would just throw stuff out. As I always say, she was, you know, fifty nine, sixty three, somewhere in that range, and she's all a four foot nine or something, and she's got this blazing red hair out of a bottle, and she would just say things like, "There are prophets walking the earth right now." And then everybody would be like, what'd What? she say? And then she'd say, do you really think God would abandon us? That he wouldn't give us teachers and prophets? That's not prophets when Jesus walked here and these other enlightened masters walked there. There's prophets walking right now. And so having said that, I believe that our higher power has set up these little outposts, and I believe that we're one of the little outposts. I don't believe we're the only outpost, but I believe that getting this TSSR thing started is groundwork mm-hmm. for what's to come, that it's it's like it's like higher power knew. I mean, I started writing this book six years ago, and so higher power knew that down the road maybe that this was yeah. going to be needed, that right. people are going to need a place to go to, 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 to deal with this beckoning for change. Um, and without any tools in your toolkit, I don't know how you navigate what's going on right now. I don't know how you sleep at night. Well, I guess I do know. You take some Not Z- very well. Zan- you take some Xanax and a
0: couple of shots of Jack Daniels, and you sleep pretty good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, I like the outpost idea, um, you know, as, as another one of the great things about my recovery is that, that openness and stuff, and, and we attract what we are, you know, to some extent. So I find myself falling into, you know, attracting people and, and then also, you know, stumbling into podcasts and, you know, in, in new books and other things that allow me to continue to grow. Uh, so I'm aware of some of these outposts out there. The one difference that I see, and again, this is my opinion. Uh, as always, it's my podcast. It'll be my opinion. Uh, <laughs> is that no matter where I look, I never see anything, I don't see anything that has concrete tools to do. You know, there's a lot of, uh, uh, you know, yoga is one of the things that we actually have a practice, you know, and have a do, right? But, but it leaves some holes in, you know, and if you actually go into the complete yogic, Thing which is you know it was I'm grateful to have learned in uh, yoga teacher training and you know as you said writing a book didn't know that we was going to need it you know I have that metaphor right there of uh, I went to teacher training to improve my personal practice more than to learn to teach and you know and lo and behold a uh, year or so later uh, the yoga studios were all going to be closed mm-hmm. and me strengthening my home practice <laughs> was needed uh, and so I said like, oh cool. Uh, and I love when those things happen, and I think this is one of those, too. I, 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 I believe that. Um,
1: well, I agree with you. Um, methodology is the word I would use. There you go. That's you know, spelled out as simply as it is. You do one, then you do two, then right. you do three. And with this book, people say, well, it's such a big book. That's because I wanted to make sure that I was very detailed in that anybody could do this as a guide without having to have a sponsor. Right. I mean, any question you could possibly have, it's right there on the page. You do this next, you do this next. I find it to be very low maintenance sponsorship work. Because you're like, well, read the chapter and then come to me and ask me if you have any questions. And usually, I gotta tell you, nine times out of 10, it's like, nope, I got it,
0: no one's supposed to do. And that's where I was going with the yoga thing is that they have inquiry work that looks like four step. You know, and you could say they are one and the same, but it's very vague and it doesn't have any like that to do this do that right. because I need that in my life. I need somebody to say, okay, here, uh, here's what you do next. You know, I, I'm not going to sit at home and and do inquiry work at any kind of level that will be productive. Uh, you know, yeah, journaling's cool, you know, and, and I think it's valuable, not just cool. I think it's a great tool if that's in your box. It's never really been one of mine. But I personally don't get to the level that I get to when I work that fourth step. In the way that it's laid out, you know that's the only tool I know. In others, you know, uh, you know, at church we go to, you know, and I'm I'm gonna be, you know, it is a little uh, uh, some judgment using mankind terms. Uh, I love the judgment and data that's the terms we use. What's the judgment and what's the data? But you know, they're not really you know service, and they're giving you some tools, but those are our tools too. Uh, but there's not anything that actually lays it out, like you said, you know, step one, step two, step three. If I'm going to go in and get on YouTube to figure out how to fix my refrigerator light bulb, uh, I want somebody to say, okay, do this, now do this, now do this, and now do this. And these these tools give just, a, just such an excellent concrete way to make that change change your trajectory change uh, and i your... want to
1: be clear about something else for the for the record okay i love recorded documents because that's it's in the record yeah um I, I'm not the generator of these tools. I'm a, I'm a teacher passing along the road who had great teachers before me. Right. And it's all these other heroes of mine who have blazed the trail before me that I admire and I look up to. And then they would say, don't look up to me. I had a teacher too. Yeah, right. This is the part of the deal. So we don't have the only tools. <clears throat> the tools we have in the 12-step program are the same tools that are in religion and they're in other things. But the way they're organized and brought together is what's different, the methodology, as I say, right. and the way it's all in one package. And you know, Bill ultimately said the purpose of the entire 12 steps is to bring about greater humility. And we're not talking about being scraping humility. In fact, it's the opposite. When you come into your own, you're actually stronger in, in projecting your own light than you ever were before. <clears throat> but it's the kind of humility of having a perspective on things that, um, again, like I just said, I'm not the generator of these tools. Right. I'm not the guy that made it up. Because people will say, well, what's Christopher doing? What's... No, Christopher ain't doing jack shit. You know what Christopher's doing? He's passing on the message that he was given. That is all I'm freaking doing here, guys. And But the difference... That I feel very proud about is I spent six fucking years writing that book. I have I have no problem taking some, some acclaim for that because that was hard ass yeah. damn work. And what the what the difference is is like we talked about up till that point in 85 years of recovery history, everything we've been doing is tribal knowledge. Yeah. It's been passed on along around the fire from the ancestors to the, the young kids and from the elders to the, the student and that's how we pass on these things and you can find them in recordings, but Lord, how many recordings would I have to sift through to find the wisdom on, on the forgiveness process, Yeah, which is not in the original text. Yeah. Cause we've grown since the 1930s, you know, like Bob Earl says, if someone's going to give me heart surgery, I certainly goddamn hope he's read more medical books than what was available in the <laughs> 1930s. And we as human beings would be like, Oh yeah, that's right. But we can't change this. Yeah. So the idea being that, um, putting it into a format. So it's like, uh, it's so frustrating for me, Dan, I can't tell you. I mean, I was a head person in this group this past week who just couldn't let go of someone in their life who is hurting, hurting them so bad. And they, they don't know how to do this forgiveness thing. And they're, they're trying to say the phrase that always jumps out at me where I'm just want to scream is they go, I know I need to just forgive them. Well, okay, yeah, I was taught that in church when I was like two years old, but nobody said how. Right,
0: that's what they I mean said. About. You need to
1: forgive, but how? What's the actual process that's of exactly the forgiveness prayer? I mean and I can say for a fact that is in step eight in the twelve-step spiritual recovery book, and you can find the exact process for how to go through to actually let it go. Right, not just say I forgive, but I can't forget. But it's gone.
0: It's That's completely exactly not part of your life. I'm talking anymore. about is being able to have concrete tools. But that was given to me to by
1: this. one of the teachers who came after the original text was written. Yeah. We have learned so much in the rooms.
0: You know, to just hold.
1: discard it and say, well, it's only this document that you need. That's a foolish statement to make. Yeah, right, yeah. How many meetings do we go to and we get so many other tools that we're using on a daily basis, but then some bozo steps up and says, all you need to know is in the first Everything 164 you know, of this book. Yeah.
0: That's some fucking bullshit. Well, quote Bob Earl again in there, in that 164 pages, it says that these people have other tools to grab a hold of. And I love the term practitioners of various kinds. Uh, that pretty much opened the door wide open when that statement, another one of well, the beautiful yeah. words of Bill, uh, you can't put a cap on practitioners of various kinds. No,
1: but I'll give you an example. Bill Wilson, in the history of his recovery journey, which is in the documents of the archives, used to go to spiritual mediums. And they used to hold seances in their homes yeah. because it was the 30s and the whole spiritualism craze was out there. And they said, what the hell is it going to hurt? Right. Let's try to contact the dead. Can you imagine some of these hard traditionalists today say well bill wilson needs you to go home and have a seance and contact the dead that's what you need <laughs> they'd be like that's blasphemy well it's what the
0: co-founder did yep read the history and you know occasionally there have been these people document this tribal knowledge joe and charlotte yes they took Thank a moment God and you know them. how big and you know I think if I remember right I've heard Burns give credit to Joe and Charlie for changing his whole that he heard of Joe and Charlie take Let's and that be real changed clear his about trajectory. that in
1: Louisville Kentucky which we're very graced to be blessed with what we consider a hot bed of recovery man we have over 500 maybe 600 recovery meetings just in Alcoholics Anonymous alone every week I mean this is a place to get well but it was not like that according to Burns in the early 90s and i can vouch for that cuz I was bumbling through recovery in the 80s and before I finally stuck, and I couldn't relate to anything they were talking about at meetings. It was just a cry fest, moan fest kind of deal. And nobody was bringing the solution into it. But he claims that him and a group of dudes, he never took sole responsibility for it. Got those Joe and Charlie tapes, and they went through the work using that. Right. And then they began to bring that into the meetings. And now suddenly, if you go to a meeting in Louisville, Kentucky, you'd be hard-pressed to not hear somebody talking about the tools and the solution. We, yeah. we
0: focus on that. Yeah, yeah. and then Burns said that was completely gone, or, you know, he wasn't. You know, that's the other thing. You know, he certainly wasn't hearing it, the listening and hearing thing. Uh, and I would believe that, uh, that, that if Burns isn't hearing it, it's because it's probably not being talked about. Yeah, we uh, so here we have another you know evolution of these, these uh, and the teachers that gave you these tools. Like, you're very clear about you know, this is not me. Uh, I, I try to be like overly clear that you know that when I'm doing work, it's this is not me doing this. This podcast is really not me. Uh, I'm the instrument and 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 mm-hmm. the, the, the vehicle hand. here, uh, of, of doing this, however.
1: I'm a big believer. I'm not one of these self-scraping um, doormat dudes I who's agree. going to self-deprecate myself and say, but I don't deserve any credit. That's some fucking bullshit, too. Somebody has to put their clothes on and suit up and show up. Yeah. And for every little bit of physical work and, 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 right. and, and effort you're putting forth... You can need. It's important that we acknowledge that and accept some praise. Human beings yeah. need praise. Right. Human beings, beings need, need praise. To see and encouragement. That their efforts were recognized, and that that it made a difference. Otherwise, why bother? Yeah. If you don't yeah. get that, you'll quit trying to do anything.
2: Yeah.
0: So, um, and I completely get that too. You know, I picked up and you know and and took some actions to make this podcast happen. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, just yeah, like so my journey, I get some credit, so to speak, karma just, points.
1: Just like my journey as a writer. I mean, I can. I Honestly, say that prior to doing that book, TSSR book, I wouldn't. I would feel funny about calling myself a writer. I felt more like a mm. hack, mm. or I felt more like somebody that was, you know, hobbyish. You yeah. know, this is something, that, and a lot of people was am a writer, but <clears throat> those of us who really, see, I'm saying those of us because I've sold a book now. So it's, apparently, when you sell something, that makes you yeah, a professional yeah, that's, that's at that's whatever it. you're Qualifies doing. It. Now you're a professional, whatever. Um, but it's the process. Going through that six-year process brought my skills up. So now, now I've gone back and reclaimed what I consider to be my best fiction novel I've written, and I'm rewriting it on a level where you know, I'm so happy and proud of it. And yeah. I know I'm going to continue to grow from there and probably one day look back on that and say, well, that's some bullshit writing. But that's the process of any endeavor— that you get better at over time, but especially in the artistic endeavor. You, you can't just get to the destination and say you're there. Right. Uh, whether you're Jackson Pollock, or it doesn't matter who you are, you're gonna find your way with your craft yeah. as you're going along. And I now feel totally in that, in sync in that pocket. Whereas before I felt like I was not really, you know I'd do it yeah. when I could, but now I'm committed that I'm, I'm running almost every day in some way. Wow. And um, you have to practice your craft. And you have your word working, and, I'm, and, and let's just put a word out for that about how that's the key to happiness in life. If you don't have a passion, if you don't have something that's just yours and yours alone, and I mean setting boundaries around it, like when I'm writing, people don't get this sometimes, but I am not on the phone. <laughs> I am unplugged, okay? I go in my room with my music and my incense and my candles and I'm doing my shit, and that's my sacred place. And that has brought me through this pandemic more than anything else. That I have something that's mine. Now, it does not have to be a big endeavor like writing. It can be as bit simple as you want to work in your garden, or you're a woodworker at home, or you like to crochet,
0: I've, you needlepoint. I have you some have patients that it, like know? to,
1: they like to uh, color in, a, Colors, in those coloring Mongolia's books and stuff. Yes, like exactly. And that's your zone where you get in, and you're feeding that part of your soul that needs creative expression. Yeah. In in our society, because we've all put been put in these little pigeonhole bo- boxes, that you have to be a corporate, whatever, your your number A and your number B, and it doesn't allow us that creative expression to be ourselves. That's part of the human spirit. It, it leads to happiness. You have to have a outlet to let your soul express itself and. Um, I just feel like i I feel embarrassed to say it. I mean, I've been sailing through these challenges of this these times. You know, people are like, "Well, are you going out are you going to do something?" I'm a writer. I'm okay with not going out. You know, I'm perfectly fine buttering around the house. Um, and I'll say, the and same, I'm happy. Right? I, mean,
0: I can't believe I can say I'm happy during everything that's yeah, going on right too. now in our world. Right yeah. now, I mean, you know, in my way, which is much different than yours, uh, it's the same thing. You know, I really, you know, to some extent, haven't really missed a beat. I've been happy. I'm. I'm. I'm all in all, uh, to my spirit, that's say, you know, my, I have a l- very little impact to my actual spirit through this thing, and I think that's part of this key that we do here, this inner job, that this is an inside job thing, is that I, the, I can't let the world dominate me. No. And you know, you that's can't. really the difference in between you how you go walk around on this, this
1: planet, as <laughs> far as I know, man. And if you let somebody else dominate you, you missed it. Yep. By the time you get to your deathbed, you're like, what did I do with my time here?
0: Right. Yeah. You know, those color, and I want to just touch on that real quick, because sometimes it's really tough for people to find, uh, you know, to struggle to find their thing, you know. And I and it, like it was another bell ringer for me and how this wood shop stuff, because I was on that home incarceration and I had these woodworking tools and I made something and you were like, and I, and I don't know exactly how it's was. So that's something, because I don't think you were really in tune and we, we, we hadn't gone there yet. Uh, you didn't know that I had this skill. I didn't know you had that basement. Yeah. You had to right, show yeah. me the basement. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, and that's just another of this evolution, you know, so I don't want to go too far. I want to stay on my, but that's why we do this building relationships and why we talk every day and why we do this. Cause otherwise we don't get to allow that intimacy thing to happen where, you know, I'm allowed to be me and I'm a, and I will let you see me that happens over time and repetition and practicing and talking that you build that kind of relationship and uh and yeah and that come about you know it's like oh cool because the other misnomer or whatever um, is that i thought that when i was on home incarceration i was going to be home all time and i was going to be needing to find something to do here to keep myself from going crazy which did happen to a certain extent but not near to the extent that i thought it was going to you know uh, i I thought it would be pandemic level quarantine and my experience with home incarceration was not (laughs) was not that but as far as a creative outlet, that's a great, like, starter one mm-hmm. is get those. Because I think that's another one of these. almost almost falls under the uh, inside every man, woman, and child. Uh, I think inside every man, woman, and child is a little thing about coloring.
1: Sure. You know, we all did as sure. a kid. We all yeah, sat yeah.
0: down, you know. And that's a way to, like, uh, begin uh, lubricating those wheels of creativity in order to be a vehicle to get you to where you're going, start doing something, and coloring is an easy one. And it also is very meditative if you take it that way, and you can actually use that that way of just turn everything off and color. But here's the trick. Are you
1: honoring it, okay? Yeah. Now, for instance, we have a friend of mine in recovery who admitted to me that fly fishing was his thing. And I asked him, I said, so when's the last time you You say that makes feed your soul more than anything else on this planet? When was the last time you did it? And he had to think hard, and he said, 17 years ago. Whoa. Now, with this kind of hard to be saying that you're- uh, This crazy-ass world we live in, where people are so buried in their cell phones that there's now a medical condition called crane neck, because people are looking down at their cell phones all day long. Yeah. um, We're letting technology run us. And the beautiful thing about having a practice, about having this thing that's yours, is just shove all that shit away. Yeah and say, fuck y'all. <laughs> now look, we have sponsors that are trying to get a hold of us and stuff. And I'm like, I'm sorry, you know this about me. When I'm writing, I am working. I am in my zone. I'm doing my thing. I will Nothing else feeds you. my soul more than that on the planet. I, I, I get major juice out of helping others. But this is different. This, different. this, this enriches me and makes me feel that my life has great purpose. And so I don't care if it's fishing or hunting or or working on your cabin or, or repaving your driveway, (laughs) but whatever is your thing that really just it just clicks with you. It's just who you are.
0: Yeah. No. You know you keep talking about you know various points and that you know and I just uh, my bell's being rung on how great how, how grateful I am and how blessed I feel to have you as a teacher teaching me these things of that way because I know all these you know 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 all these lessons but I, I bell ring on the fact that you know yeah I remember that turning point in my life when that concept was brought to me and uh well one of the where i was going with the color and just you know one of the things is trying to find the jumping off point trying to figure out how to get going you know what you like you know and i think that you have to you know find something and even if it's not going to necessarily be your thing uh like i said that'll that can lubricate the wheels of your creativity so that you begin to make a path forward towards what is your thing you know, and and
1: you as you to... grow in recovery, that's where you really find it. I mean, um, you didn't know that you were going to embrace your woodworking to this level, I didn't have right? No idea. That's you have to first go back and do the work. Yep. Yep. And really, let's talk about that for a second. Um, when we talk about inventory and all that, it's unwinding what was done to you. You know, the subtitle of the book: to go back and reclaim your original self. Believe it or not, there is a you <laughs> that's buried underneath everyone else's version of who you are. <laughs> And since you were born, everybody has been pouring into you their idea of who you're supposed to be. You know, so you enter a family system and they they say, well, we're Christian and and we're Republican and this is how we do things. And and so maybe your little self responded to some of that and maybe your little self said, I'm not sure that's who I am, but I have to go along. And because I'm part of a society and I'm part of a a programming culture, you know, uh, if I'm American, I'm supposed to celebrate Fourth of July. Now, they don't do that in another country, but I'm here, so this is what I'm supposed to do. And um, the great thing about recovery is you get to go through this process of, of picking through the trash, so to speak. And say, well, I don't know if this is me anymore. Yeah. This might have been me, but I'm not sure this is me today. And your sponsor will support you and say, it's awesome. You don't have to decide. We don't have to throw that away or keep it right now. We'll just wait on that. And, you know, but this one I know for sure is not me anymore. But this one I'm kind of interested in, and it might be me. And you can go in that direction. I mean, I don't know of any other process that that gives you that level of self-enlightenment, you know, to really know, not only, I always say the process is this, find out who you are, how do I walk it and share it with others? And then maybe ultimately you turn it into a vocation that you, that's your life's path. It it supports you and you make money on it. Um, In the idea that it's not about making money, but it's about we all have to have food to eat, (laughs) a place to live. But you get to do your love as your as your life. I mean, that's what we all hope for, really, and, and to be the ultimate happiness is you're pursuing your love as part of your whole life. You're not working for a company you hate yeah. and stuff like that. I can't
0: even fathom. You know, here just it's just a little over a year since I no longer work for corporate America, and uh, there was a friend of mine in Thailand, uh, Leck. He posted a posted a put a post on Facebook the other day about remember this job, and it was a project that we. Uh, that he believed that I had worked on with him, and and I don't even I I, so I think I forgot everything I know about that stuff to some extent. You know, I, I don't even remember. It's not even a part of my my being. And when I hear, man, that's another place where I have some empathy <clears throat> for folks that are dealing with being in situations in jobs that they obviously. You know, they're suffering, so I like that. You know, Bill put forth the thing that we're going to grant people that they're sick, right? That's another tool that we, <clears throat> excuse me, that we say to allow us to walk. You know, same thing with when we were talking about the reincarnation in the different lives, whether it's right or not. It's a tool that works for me, so that granting people that they're not stepping on my toes on purpose, they're just sick. I think that uh, I like you. You've added a new thing that it's because sick lands funny, right? But suffering certainly is what they're doing. And I'm watching people suffer in these occupations that, you know, sometimes are their primary suffering point. That's the you know, that's the other thing about building relationships is you start to see where people's uh, thought life is and what's really bugging them is what they bring to the table every day. And, uh, man, it's, uh, I just can't fathom, like, being stuck in that spot where I hadn't to, like, you know. Where I have to drag my sorry ass out of bed and go to some place that I hate being at, ultimately, day after day after day, and like making no plans to change that. Uh, you know, it, finances and romances, right? Uh, where people get their money, and then their closest relationships are the two most impactful. You know, that's what has more influence on your life day to day. And if either or both of those are not making you happy, or not satisfying you. Man, that's a bad place to suffer. But it's accepted now, right? It is. I just, well, I have to go to work. So and, that you know, I get that. I have that, to go, you know. So that I, I get got that good pension, benefits. man. It's all I about got, the pension, and, Yeah, know. Yeah. And pensions aren't even a thing anymore. So, I mean, that's a. That's
1: what I tell them. I said, how do you know that's going to be there?
0: <laughs> well, you know, they're 401ks now. They're your money. Mm-hmm. You could be putting your money in your own thing. They're really, they, yeah, they might be giving you these little matches of a percent and a half on what you donate and stuff. But, like, you know, now I think the Fords and some of these other places do still have the union retirement plans where you actually would probably qualify as the same thing as a pension. So I'm probably, I'm not exactly Yeah, right my, my, there, but my
1: argument is a lot of corporations are reneging on those right mm-hmm. now. So don't guarantee it's going to be there. But it not only is suffering in your work life, but then you bring it home. Mm -hmm. And, And you know, a lot of these folks that I work with, you know, because of their job, they've got major chronic illnesses, you Mm -hmm. know, injuries to their backs and things. So now you got that. And then it's impairing your relationships because, you know, to unwind from work because you're so miserable all day long, you have to drink and drug yourself to be able to enjoy your evening. And then you just wake up hungover the next day and start it all over again. again. And before you know it, the the life's journey is over, and you never found out who the fuck you were. Now, I have a lot of compassion for people in a different angle, Dan, and that is... I mean, I've been there. I've been in that position of not knowing who the fuck I was and feeling powerless, you know, that I wasn't happy, but how the fuck are you going to change it? This is yeah. all I got. This is all I know how to do. I guess I'm just going to ride it out because I don't know what else to do. And sometimes I still fall into that. I'm a human being. You yep. know, there's no cure for being a human being and having normal fears. The difference is, is that when you wake up that little light inside you, that little light inside you says, fuck that. That little light inside you says, I'm better than that. My life is more than that. Like we say in the beginning of the book is that my life was not supposed to be like this. Right. Is my life really just another nine to five? Like I watched my parents be so miserable and do that little court, you know, the American dreams bullshit. Um, if that's your thing, more power to you, brother, yeah, right. but I've tried that. It did not make me happy inside. I've had all the shit. I've had the acclaim. I've had the, you know, I was trying to be a big time actor and do all that shit, feeling I needed that, you know, to make fill me up inside. And, and nothing I have found works as effectively as doing this work to find out who you really are and begin to redefine your path based on. That's what the great thing that people are going to miss about this opportunity of the world being slowed down by the pandemic is now you have this opportunity for introspection. And to and to go and do work that could possibly reconfigure your whole approach to life, and come out at it on the other end, and maybe you're going to decide to go in a completely different path with your career goals. Um, most often, what'll happen, and it happened to me, I mean, I'm just going to use my own example. People always say to me, they say, so you're a counselor, you want to be a counselor your whole life? And I just start laughing at them. And then you're like, what kind of reaction is that? Lordy, kid, you know, no, this was not on my radar screen. And if you don't know what that's about, get sober and you'll understand what I mean by that. This was not on my radar screen at all. Um, Prior to coming to recovery, it was all about me and the big time and the big house on the hill and being the big cool cars and the cool girlfriends and and big star in Hollywood and it's all about the culture of me. That's all I cared about. But if you go through this fucking work it just changes you. Now you start to care about the planet. You start to care about other people. You start to care about your destiny, your soul's destiny and the karma you, you're accumulating. And, and now it's all about, you know, how can I help other people more? And, and and still, the benefits from that is you get rewarded. You have all these, I mean, I can't tell you how many blessings I have in my life. Right. Much more today than I was, when I was pursuing that American dream thing, I did not have the blessings that I have today in my life, the riches. That's, yeah. that's a different term. I have riches in my life I didn't have. Um so I came out on the other end of doing this work that suddenly the question was, were you gonna be a teacher or are you gonna be in a field of counseling? And um I talked to a couple of people who were professors and they said it's all about the politics. If you're gonna be a college professor, you're fighting to get your tenure and you have to publish and it's always about defending your territory and your turf. You don't know if you're gonna have a job and it's all about working people and I was like, I hate that. I hate that politics shit. That's not who I am. I have to be myself. And then, or I could be in this field where I'm going to help people save their life. It wasn't that hard a call. Mm. Although I didn't know what the fuck I was doing or where I was going. You step out on these, like you leaving your corporate job. I don't know where I'm stepping out. I'm trusting the bridge is going to be there, but I'm stepping into thin air. But because you've changed your insides, you're strong enough to carry that challenge with some faith and that connection you now have with a real, The one word Bill uses for our higher power relationship and recovery is he uses the word durable. I love that fucking word. Meaning that I can weather any motherfucking thing that comes down the pike. I've had a lot of challenges. You mentioned 9-11. There was also the recessions in the 80s where Mm. everybody's out of work, but I didn't. I was never out of work once. Um, This spiritual path, when you have a real connection with a a force, a power, a might, that you're close to, you trust, you walk it on these challenges and it turns out okay and your higher power supports you it's deep and meaningful and individual whereas i don't know if you can really get that in a group and this is a little controversial but i mean through religion and churches i mean the journey of spirituality is within right and it's individual right so how can i really do that you know just in a group or do i have to also go off and do my own work and um I don't know. We always talk about, I joke about when I hear you on the podcast say, well, this is the great thing, or this is the best thing, or this is the best thing. But really getting that personal and deep and meaningful and durable relationship with a greater power than yourself, that's real. I mean, we see evidence. I told you I was a pragmatist, so I wouldn't use it if I didn't see results. So when I use it and things work out, I'm like, holy crap, look at that. I was thinking about you, Dan. Um, Two things I want to say to you while I'm thinking about it. Just doing this freaking podcast, brother, I mean, you know, I just got—I just lit up like a firecracker thinking about this this morning about coming here and, and saying, look at this guy, dude. He's fucking out there on the airwaves, man, putting this out for posterity and, and, and helping so many people and it's just the people to come because, you know, I don't think you have any idea how many people are yet to come to listen to this. Um, not at all on your radar screen, not anything you thought be, you'd be doing. And when I met you, I certainly didn't think this was, we didn't even know what a podcast was back yeah. then, vaguely. And um, so that's one thing. And then the other thing is the growth, right? One of the growth aspects about recovery is you get to get your emotions back and you get to be authentic and share them. So every time I listen to you, and it seems like it's getting more so, maybe past year, I will not want to put limits on it, where you're being authentic and getting emotional at times. When you got really emotional, when Holly shared that concept with you, it will help them to feel loved or it will make them feel loved. And you get authentic and start tearing up. Like I'm doing now. Now, that guy, man, that little kid, that dude did not feel safe to be able to do that when I first met you. Your guards were up. Plus, I give you a lot of... uh, I'll give you a lot of space on that because you're from Indiana. uh, (laughs) You tough guys in Indiana, you don't share your feelings. (laughs) Us weirdos in Louisville, maybe the rest of the state of Kentucky. But but in Louisville, it's pretty progressive. Um, That's a guy I never knew was in there. And now you're able to authentically share that with the world. And that brings people close to you. When you get real emotional like that I mean I just feel like everybody's swelling in on the podcast and like on your side because they can feel the genuineness of that mm. and I couldn't do that prior to this work I, mean, I never yeah. knew how to cry back then because I had been shut down from my alcoholic family system it was just buried deep inside um, but to be able to show that with others and other men that was the real hard part you don't open up and show that in right. front of men you get accused of being this and that and it's just garbage. Um, so congratulations to you. I well, wanted to give you a man. lot of praise yeah. with that. I really see a, a, a growth, a healing maybe, yeah. that's taking place recently where you're really coming into your own on your feelings. It's really
0: cool to watch. Thank you. It always touches me uh, to hear you speak on that. And like I said, I don't see me that well. Uh, i got a guy that sees me pretty good if I let him. Uh, so what hit me is you're just talking about that stuff and not knowing where you're going. And uh, is that, you know, some of this stuff feels like an accident, sort of. Uh, they don't know, you know, we say we don't believe in coincidences and that kind of stuff. And, and, you know, I never intended for a lot of things that are going on. Like you said, I never, I never aimed for this. I mean, it was doing a podcast. couldn't have, Now, you know, I could have. Had you, let's just say, like, uh, uh, when we first met or whatever, and you said, okay, here's a list of things I see you doing. You know, so if this woodworking thing, that actually been something, you know, like doing it at the level I'm doing it now. No, I would have rejected it. But that's actually was in the realm of possibility because that's already there to some extent. But like the podcast thing, there have been there. It's just too far out there. It's way no, far. Yeah. Out. I mean, it's just no possible. But I do. And, and I do recall you saying to me early on that you had this feeling, and you would do this, you'll go, uh, I don't know, man. I, I just have this feeling. Uh, I don't really know. Uh, what, take it for what it's worth. Uh, but I, I believe that your voice is going to be heard on a bigger level. than. And I don't know how that's going to happen. I don't know if that means circuit speaker for AA. I don't know if that means, you know. And uh, to think back of that, how prophetic, speaking of prophets among us, uh, that was at a completely different way than what was we could have either one of us fathomed at that point in time uh i also remember whenever you were talking to me and i was complaining about my job all the time uh that you know who knows you do this work who knows what you'll be doing don't get locked in on the fact that you're because i would have told you that this is be place that i work till the day i die that you know this is just me i've got in the saddle and uh you know this is this is just me you don't understand this is just me uh, deep down, I really like it, even though I bitch about it every day. Uh, and the place did treat me well, and I grew there. And I, I'm not like saying that was—I didn't suffer at the level I hear some people suffering in their jobs. But I was towards the end. And you told me, you know, who knows? Keep open, stay open about what what the universe is going to bring you when you do this work. And you and then you were saying earlier, you know, and I have—I've landed on this spot that I I really can't believe it. You know, I'm I'm getting to help a lot of people. I found this little niche with this podcast that just just suits me. I love doing them. I, I love everything about doing this. Uh, I get to sit out here and make wood and do that, which is a passion that I'm developing and continue to develop. Uh, you know, and I certainly didn't have this handyman gig on my radar. And I love doing it. I sit back and I'm excited about going and working for somebody today and and fixing, repairing, putting something in new. Uh, Ultimately, what I'm doing when I'm showing up at those handyman jobs, I'm improving the quality of somebody else's life. And, yeah, I get a little of that money back for it because that's the way the world works. But uh, it's a, every time I see this complete win-win situation where I'm walking away from a job that I actually take pride in today, I stand back and go, hey, look what I did. you know. And they, they're saying the same thing. That looks really good. And so I'm walking off, and they're really happy, and I'm really happy. I got some money in my pocket. Their shit is fixed or improved, and to think, you know, it's all—it's dreamy. Now, a lot of people wouldn't understand that dream for Dan, right? Because my dream is not the same as your dream. You know, you got to find your dream. Yeah, more likely, this is not your dream, uh, but it is. And you know, and I never knew it was my dream, right? And I don't even—that allows me to be open because I don't know that I'll be doing this next year. Well, you know, let me just,
1: uh, let me interject this real quick. How do I know what my dream is if I'm all bound up by what everybody else has put into me about what right. I should be chasing? And, and, and this is work you can't do on your own. You have to have a process and you have to have other people in your life to guide you to see your own truth. We are blind to our own truth. We know that, but we, our ego won't accept. Well, I know myself better. I don't need to do that work. But if you're bound up with all these other messages, you're getting 24 hours a day from most social media and from uh, television and from our power structures and saying that this is what you should be chasing how the fuck you know what your dream is?
0: Yep. Parents, you know, that have your best intentions in mind. Cause it's again, you know, this is never, you know, that's a, that's a default rejection when you start putting on there that your parents, cause if somebody has really good parents, now somebody has got real shitty parents, they can accept that a little bit. Uh, but to, but, Fact of the matter is whether if they meant to train me in this particular way or not, they we still doing, pick up these messages. They were just doing just, what they were yeah. taught. Yeah. And if it's you just, have a, a long lineage worked, yeah, worked someplace <laughs> for fifty years and retired from there, mm-hmm. you know you can't help but pick up that that's some to some level, you know, some path that's that's what where you should be.
1: And let's talk about you know uh, this is a big part of the book too. I talk about the perspective of time and history. You know, back in the hundred years ago. You get a job with security and yeah. you're set for life. Right. You do not move. Yeah. Okay, so now we're in the year 2020. We're a little bit more
0: evolved, thank yeah. God. I did want to add a couple and of de- things. And devolved at some level from yeah, the same know. point because you know. get these jobs, like I said, that's one of the things that got me was they started tapping people on their shoulders that had worked there for 40 years and showing them the door, you know. And it's like <laughs> uh, just like you were saying about the pensions not being there anymore, you know. These 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 jobs are not
1: secure, <laughs> Or if you work that hard and you eat the typical American diet and you have a heart attack right before you retire. Right. So what was your work for? What was your, um, so not recognizing yourself in recovery. I can't tell you how many moments I had after a a night's writing or during the process Mm -hmm. when I literally had to step back from the computer and just start laughing my ass off. Okay. Let me back up. If there is a definition that you could look up in the dictionary of a fucking clueless, full of shit, egotistical, dipshit newcomer, my picture is in there, okay? I, I I didn't know my ass from a hole in the ground. I didn't have a penny in my pocket hitting burning, hit crashing and burning crash burn into that treatment center. I thought I knew everything about everything. You couldn't tell me nothing. I'm I'm a fucked up newcomer, okay? That's where I was, okay? And then now, because of this process of growing in this spiritual path, I'm sitting here writing this book where I'm writing a prayer. <laughs> Lucas, I'm yeah. a dude that would fight. I told you in another podcast, I wouldn't even say the Our Father for the first year of my recovery. I would stand there with these other assholes and say, that doesn't belong in here. Fuck you, I'm not saying a prayer. Hey, I was so bound up by my baggage and didn't realize all that programming was holding me back. I thought I knew what it was, but by going through the process, I got free of it. So that's one thing. And then and, and then I had to got, to got to that, the one that really blew my mind was I got to the process where it's like, okay, these steps... They have to be altered just a little bit for TSSR because certain words just don't fit the way we're doing this program as opposed to the way the tradition, the steps have been doing. Now, think about this, dude. You think I didn't have this in my mind? Like, I'm going to be burned at the goddamn cross. (laughs) You are freaking changing the 12 steps. And yet, as I looked particularly at, like, for instance, the fourth step, you know. Searching and fearless moral inventory. Right. That so came to my head. That me moral word, it boy, it does it set off alarm bells for people. And it, and it and it doesn't really fit the approach that we use with this deeper level work. We're not trying to find where you're a bad dog and this is not confession and you don't need to go talk to some priest. That's what I interpreted it when I heard that. I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah. I guess I'm a sinner and I need to confess. Yeah. Instead the word objective was just blaring in my mind. Uh, it's made a searching and fearless objective meaning that I'm gonna step back from my emotions and I'm gonna put it on paper so I can analyze it like a tax account and right. look at my accounts yeah. and say this is what you got and this is what your liabilities are. Um, it just was it just higher power was like that's that's just better do it. But, again, I'm stepping back from the process of going, who the fuck is this guy rewriting the goddamn steps? It just astounds me that I'm, I'm in that position because of the this, this path, you know? Like you said, not recognizing yourself. And just
0: real quick, that's one of the examples when I say the language has been updated. You know, the language in there, you know? So that could have been a perfectly good term for 1935 and didn't necessarily, I still think it did hold the same kind of thing. But... Uh, If you read into the story there, you know, he's not really talking about morals. He's pretty quickly did not, but that word is in there. And, you know, how we, you know, we we will, we grasp at the thing that will prevent us from moving forward, (laughs) the one word. And I agree with that one big time. This is not about morals.
1: And yet, in every other area of our life, how many of us are so ready to get that new cell phone, mm-hmm. new version of uh, internet, new version of uh, Netflix? Yep. Um, I mean, we jump right on that. But then when something new comes in our traditions, we're like, oh, I don't know about that. Be careful.
0: Yeah. I like him. he says. I mean, you that. know,
1: my Marion used to say all the time, you know, back in Jesus's day, they used to stone people to death for fucking doing shit. Yeah. And then Jesus comes along and says, hey, I, don't know, uh, I don't know about this eye for an eye shit. You might want to relook at that, I man, you know, and that that's when he pulled out the example that he, with the first who's not sin, throw the first stone. Right. Yeah. This is why they put Jesus to death. In case you haven't studied the history of his existence, it's because he challenged the power structure. Mm-hmm. He, cha- I mean, this is all these people. I'm gonna say it, man. It just bugs the crap out of me. Everybody that claims to follow this teacher, first of all, you cannot follow a teacher if you do not practice the teachings. You not cannot claim a master unless you walk the path that they've taught. Okay, and so. Um, they get so bent out of shape say, well, you know, I think, you know, the, the people who say they admire Jesus or love Jesus, I don't know if they would like him very much if he showed up today. Like literally, if the true Jesus came back today and then came out and said, OK, I'm here. What you need to do is you need to give up your jobs. <laughs> I need you to sell your car. <laughs> I need you to give up your home and your family and come walk with me because that is what he did to the disciples. He literally went to Peter and said, okay, this fishing gig, uh, you need to drop doing it right now and just come walk with me. And he's going, oh, I'm going to support my family. Don't worry about it. Just walk with me. And he left his his family. He left his family to suffer, to follow Jesus. So all these people say, well, I follow Jesus. Well, if he demanded that of you, would you be capable of it? Mm. I can't say I would be. I would be holding on to my old clutching and familiar stuff. So, but that's, that's the history of it. He was a teacher who came and challenged our ideas of norma, of what's normal. And, and then he he asked us to grow. He asked us to expand so that instead of the old Testament, we're going to stone people to death and eye for an eye. He said, no, forgive thy neighbor. Love your neighbor as yourself. And the Pharisees said, we ain't having that. Okay. You're, you're swaying them away from the church that we believe in. So we're going to put you to death.
0: We have rules here, buddy. That's right. Don't you challenge
1: the traditions, man. We will burn you at the stake, bro. And I get it because human beings by nature are threatened by anything new, anything that challenges my idea of what I think I know and what I think I'm familiar with. I'm okay with that. But be careful what you claim about a teacher without really knowing. I mean, yeah. I really do believe that if Jesus came today, he would make demands on people. That they, they would say,
2: well,
1: hold up now. Jesus, I mean, I dig you. <laughs> I mean, you're, you're a cool guy, man. I really do. But I'm not so sure I'm going to grow my hair out. I'm not so sure I'm going to walk the earth in my sandals uh, and then preach on a street corner with people throwing stones at me and tomatoes at me because, you know, they don't like me. Uh, that's, I mean, you know, I guess it was Peter who actually denied him. Yeah. When the centurion said I, I saw you with him pal. I, you were uh, you're that guy oh, no, I don't know no, me uh, see everything that happened is a lesson all these teachings yeah. man the, yeah. they're all and part lessons. of my openness
0: is the rejection of those principles and you know you'd have one of my one of my first books I read after coming off the steps was uh it was Emmett Fox's sermon on the Mount oh, God, and, he was know, a genius it, it was, Emmett uh, Fox
1: is a genius it
0: shined a light in that and I didn't know that the light was as bright as what it is but you know uh, I don't reject any of those teachings anymore you know that was one of my old things and that I picked up you know there's a choose one and stick with it you know well I couldn't that was impossible like you said I can't do that Uh, today I get to draw from many of them all of them that I can can come into and and one of my little personal growth spurts myself is the fact that I am uh, no longer rejecting the teachings in the bible (laughs)
1: Well, the thing is that he was big on is don't get caught up in the messenger. Listen for the message. Yeah. And he would sort of cut through all the crap that people put when they first thing he did was he said, first thing you need to understand about anything that Jesus taught was that it was a parable. Right. And he really broke it down that, you know, you think people are dumb today. Let's go back to the day when there was no printing press and there was no books and there was no TV and there's no nothing. We're talking dumb and dirt farmers. So he's going to use stories to teach them a lesson of things they will relate to. So one of the first things Emmett Fox talks about is they're living in a desert. And in a desert, water is life. So every time Jesus brings up water in a story, it's not meant to be taken literally, like let's go in the water, let's go swimming. (laughs) No, what he's saying is life. And if you don't understand the parables, you won't understand the stories, you won't get the lessons. And people are so literal about passages and things that they miss the message. And that's one thing that Emmett Fox cuts through, and, and he was a genius. He's an unsung genius. Mm-hmm. And what's really interesting about our program is he was one of our teachers that came through Bill. Right. Because Bill was reading his books while writing the Big Book. Yeah. And a lot of his language, like the Great Spirit, Great Intelligence of the Universe, that's pure Emmett Fox. Yeah. And they even went to hear Emmett Fox speak at, speak at Carnegie Hall while he was writing the Big Book. So um, don't think that didn't have an influence on his teachings yes.
0: of what he put in the Big Book. Yeah, and you know uh, the British Springs and there's a quote, and we talked about this last time about some of our favorite books, and and I always get this backwards. Uh, I have a few things that uh, that I continue to stumble on, so it's what's uh, the imperfection of spirituality? Mm-hmm. Is that the right way? Cause That's the right. The spirituality of imperfection. No, you know, no, that works too. Uh,
1: or the spirituality <laughs> of imperfection. You're right. That's what it is. They both
0: work. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, and and that's why that's the that's the thing I get wrong I can't uh, it doesn't land on that but uh, Marshall had sent me a quote on there about how that we use these stories to teach one another and that's where you know and that's that's where we learn is by telling each other stories to you know and sharing them and you know and that's the way we grow in connection with one another on a one-on-one basis that's the way we grow together as sharing in meetings as a group to allow yourself to be open that way and that's the same thing that was happening in those biblical stories is this storytelling thing of how we pass down and it, it doesn't you know and i come off with all kinds of little ideas to try and uh, to get somebody to hear me you know that won't necessarily be you know don't take this literally this is not what but but just think about it. if you were doing this how crazy that would be, you know? Well, you're kind of doing that, <laughs> and you can make those uh, make those connections with people through that storytelling art. And, and we've been doing it forever. We've been sitting around campfires telling stories. We've been uh, we've been passing on our knowledge by sharing our experience, strength, and hope. Uh, and and passing that stuff along so I love that whole storytelling and that Marshall's thing was is that by this podcast it's just another one of those ways that we tell stories it's beautiful yeah I love it and that goes back to
1: that well there's a tradition in comedy that everybody steals from everybody Mm -hmm. and it's the same thing in spirituality nothing I say is original right I do take credit for a couple of phrases that mm-hmm. might pop out at Me times too. where I'm like, "That sounds pretty good." I would think I'm going to patent that. That's my yeah. deal. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think our group can certainly patent the word "juice." Um, you got it up on your sign up there. It's everywhere and, and, now, and, and everybody's like, "Everybody's like, well, what the fuck is juice?" Man, juice is that good shit, man, where you're like a little giddy kid and you just can't stop laughing and you're just like, I got the juice. I just feel jizzy. <laughs> yeah, don't take my friends and
0: the people who come in contact with me to begin to adopt that word because it's just, it's just, there is no definition of it. Uh, you know it when you feel it. I and would like juice to be associated with TSSR. I like yeah, that. Yeah. <laughs> got the yeah, juice. You yeah, seem like you had it in there a couple of notes on there, but you know that. Uh, I put a note over here about, you know, so I experienced these accidents, you know, and and I couldn't see some of them. You know, my big one was when my address changed on that paperwork. Uh, And I have to have somebody in my life that helps me, you know, kind of like Chuck C's new pair of glasses thing. You know, I had to have some different perspective through this mentoring slash sponsorship role to do that. And, uh, and, and, one of the miracles of doing this stuff is watching when somebody brings those things to you, uh, and they don't know it, and you get to point out the miracle that is in there that just happened to them that they're kind of downplaying or completely don't understand. Uh, you've been an awesome teacher in that in that way, and have helped me uh, help me guide others in the same kind of way of seeing those things and then what happens and it's kind of like when you're sitting down at a fifth step you know and you start off with that list of character defects and you hand them a couple and then the next thing you know they're picking up their notebook on their own you know and they start getting they get the wheels lubricated and uh and and they begin to make their own character defect list you know it's it's both of us in a minute not just me uh the same thing happens in these miracles in our lives that we become to have those eyes that can see you know and then the next thing you know what happens is your sponsees are calling you like you get the little text hey man you got a minute i got some juice to share and It's like oh hell yeah i do you know uh hold on let me get to an environment that is conducive to, to absorbing the juice and uh and that's another, you know, that's, that's, it's another byproduct, this collateral benefit thing of doing this program together is that I get to absorb, you know, the, the guy honking the horn and all that negative energy that you absorbed in that moment time from just trying to back out of your parking space. Uh, now I walk day to day and I got all these people calling me and sharing their juice. You know, so I get to absorb that all day long. So, you know, I, we are a sponge uh, and, and and that helps me carry You know, it puts PEP in my step, you know, and you'd shared the other night about, you know, when somebody calls you with their problems, you're, you know, my problems almost always instantly disappear. Always, I can be sitting here, you know, uh, muddling on some kind of thing or sometimes it happens to me at work, you know, I'm in a little tight spot at work, you know, and I'm a little bit stuck for a minute because I got to, I got to come up with a creative solution on the fly and the phone will ring. You know, and, and I'll step aside for a minute and talk on the telephone for 10 minutes and then come back to it, and that problem really is not a problem anymore. Uh, it will become, the solution will come for no reason at all uh, other than that's just the way this thing works, that, that, uh, that, that goes away. And those little, you know, there's so many, you couldn't possibly list them, so many little things that happen as my day-to-day walk Uh, I've said this before too, you know, people come to me with the obvious stuff. Like, how'd you get into yoga? You know, well, my foundation of coming into yoga is through recovery. And that's really the answer to pretty much everything today is how did that happen? Well, it's a result of me working these steps and practicing these principles. That's, that's, that could almost be, you know, a universal answer that I could just have printed on a card and hold it up when you ask me a question. Kind of like the same thing with the Holly statement when, you know, why are you doing that to make them feel loved? Yeah, that's a universal answer to many of my questions. Uh, the power and the the effectiveness of this stuff is beyond us sitting here. We we in no way can communicate this. It must be experienced. I think
1: that's a perfect example too. Of you know. Um, we make progress in so many different areas of human development, and technology is certainly the one that we're all focused on since the turn of the century, 1900 century, I'd say. It just all things took off technologically, yeah. and a um, very short time ago, guys, but that's the problem. In the short time, we've allowed it to more dominate us, and so, but it has its uses, and so here you are in a job outside somewhere, and somebody can reach out to you in a moment's notice through this thing called the cell phone, where it can be used for a positive effect rather than taking away from your life, but having the consciousness to know which is which. You know, one of the things you were talking about, and I think it's important to mention today too, when you were saying about uh, other programs have all these other tools in the toolkit, but they don't seem to have all these tools. Well, one of the tools we have that I think is a life changer is that sponsor idea. You know, this is a deficit in Western culture that we've so pushed away the idea of an elder, that a teacher, that somebody who actually takes part in your path to walk with you and show you the way now in the old days before we had television we sat around and stared in the fire and we listened to the stories of the elders and that's how the younger kids learned about life and how to treat the the world our fucking fire today is the television and our fire today is our computer screens and and cell phone screens and it's isolating I'm not involved with anybody else I'm involved with a device you're having a relationship with a device which you know has great concerns for me um If we don't develop some ability to slow this down and to step back from it a little bit, we're going to rush into things like we've rushed into adopting cell phones and not realize how that's going to change us as a species, and maybe not for the better. Um, Sometimes I worry about whether we're going to lose the existence of this thing called the human soul and we're gonna become like uh, cyborg entities, you know? And that's just not some Hollywood movie, guys. It's happening right now with the emergence of AI. If you read anything about it, we're right on the cusp of having our entire lives changed. Facial recognition, robots, uh, artificial intelligence um, and we're all going to say oh but it's it's it's, it's a good thing because what that artificial Progress. intelligence does is it recognizes me for before I reach the door and the door opens for me and I don't have to touch the handle because of COVID so I get that right it's like oh that's a very sly way that and I'm not anti I'm a i am I love technology when it's for good uses but what I, I have a problem with is we don't have elders who are stepping uh, stepping us back I mean, I like that we're having social unrest and progress in those areas, but where's our teachers saying, hold up folks, maybe you might want to, I mean, I teach my patients about meditation. It's made a game changing difference in being able to reach them on an emotional level since I really strongly incorporated in group, I'd say five or 10 years ago. I mean, it wasn't just one class, we really do it every day and everything. But I'm really big on teaching my patients about put the cell phone down, man. There's an off button on that motherfucker. Shut it off. Stop looking at the screen, especially when you're in a meeting. For God's sakes, be focused and present with the people that are there. Like, you can't fucking put that thing down for a minute. What's that about? And that's what I'm concerned about, that we adopt these technologies of AI and stuff. And it's going to come because of uh, competition. So that guy gets a cyborg arm, and he's able to do that repetitious behavior at four to be able to get the job done faster so he gets raised through the ranks. So the next thing you know, then the next guy wants it. And so we start incorporating that into our bodies. Yeah. First time there's a cell phone available where all you have to do is click your ear, and you're, the guy's in your – the thing's embedded, the chip's yeah. embedded under your skin. Elon People Musk will to begin to, to like, adopt
0: that. Right now, you know that you can pick up your phone and Google something and get pretty much any knowledge you want. He said, there will be a day that all you really have to do is think about it yeah. and it will
1: pop in. The problem is you're getting knowledge, but you're really getting information. <laughs> yeah, You're not getting wisdom. That information without any basis of connection to what yeah, it really right. relates to is yeah. just a factoid. Yeah, you know, right. So you know how deep the ocean yeah. is in this part of the earth. Well, okay, how does that relate to the rest of the earth? That's yeah. where wisdom comes. Yeah, And so when I talk about losing the human soul, I think the 12 steps is one of those uh, vehicles we've been given to not completely lose our species Mm -hmm. because there's a connection that comes. After you've done this work, when you look in a person's eyes and you can connect with them emotionally and not have to dodge looking away or anything Mm -hmm. like that, or even just sitting in a group and having that old fireside experience that we're in a circle. All recovery meetings meet in a circle just about, unless it's a huge meeting. And um, it's something we've lost in the West that's... I don't know how people do it without a sponsor in my life. You know, I use Darren and, and people say, well, why did you choose Darren? He has less time than you. I'll tell you why I choose Darren. Every time I call that motherfucker, he resents my attitude on something. He sets my perspective on something. Now, this is a man who's been laying in a rehab bed for over a year. And I can't say that I've honestly heard him complain. Except for his few moments where he gets emotional and frustrated. And, and that's to be expected. But sure. I'll tell you, if I had been in that position, I'd know my spirituality. I'd be a little bitch. And I'd be like, oh. you motherfuckers, get me out of here. I'm like, God damn it, kid. And so I watch his example. I mean, because that's where you see a person's true spirituality is how they're walking the path. Who cares what you think or talk about And we got a lot of preachers in the groups, right? And there's a few we know personally. And I say, like, I don't want what that guy's got. You know, he talks a good game, but he ain't walking it, pal. Yeah because uh, he's not compassionate, he's not caring. he's, he's, he's it's just that energy you can feel it. But every time I call a dairy man, that energy's there and he, and the main thing you want from a sponsor guys is somebody who really has the capacity who's done their own work to be able to listen. Mm-hmm. They're able to be present. You know if I'm talking to a sponsor and he's constantly looking at his cell phone, um, my first thought is that motherfucker ain't listening. He don't give a fuck what I'm saying. Why am I even bothering to open up? And for my alcoholic child, that child's immediately ready to close back up. No, no I can't trust them, so I'm going to shut right back down. Um, and I want to say another shout-out to you. Thank God for you entering into my life, Dan. I mean, um, this was by divine uh, predisposition, whatever you want to call it. I, I think in some ways ordained uh, that we cross paths because yeah, I, so I don't nope, know so. – both with the process of writing the book, because you were so supportive and I had the ability to feed you chapters and you're feeding me that juice back, which gave me that fire to get it done, right? Because I want you to read the next chapters, you know, I'm kind of doing that with my book right now. I'm coming up on another break where I might have some chapters for you in a few weeks. And I'm like, I want to read those chapters. I gave them because I want to know what yeah. he thinks. <laughs> and, um, but especially with the challenges of doing starting this program, this is not something anybody can do alone. Yeah. And we have a really solid home group where everybody's contributing. Everybody's doing their own thing to make sure. And the ladies, I want to put out a shout for them at the Tuesday night group. They're carrying that torch strong, keeping those seats open and, the, and that those doors open. Um, but this is nothing anybody can do alone. And yeah. and um, if I ever just... had to ask, we joke in our program about Lieutenant Dan, from Forrest Gump. Lieutenant Dane, uh, I couldn't ask for, a, oh my God, I'm gonna get emotional here now. <laughs> you saved my life, brother. I, I mean, I would I, I need you to really hear that. You, there's so many times where I had nobody else there for me who really understood what I was doing. You know, people give you lip service and they're like, yeah, 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 I hear you. <laughs> they don't really know this path I walked to write this book and then to take the slings and arrows of everybody when they say, what's this motherfucker doing? Do you think he's a messiah or something? You come to save the planet? (laughs) Yeah, I think I'm a messiah. Yeah, right. (laughs) You don't know a goddamn thing about me. Um, but I got one guy in my life, well, two with Darren, who I know for a fact know who I am and they know my intentions and that's what I look for in a friend. You know, being an alcoholic from an alcoholic family system, I'm very damaged. And so um, what gets damaged the most as a child in that kind of environment is your ability to trust Mm -hmm. and, and, and loyalty is big, bro. Yeah. I gotta tell you, you, you really question, you know, who's your true friend. And, and anybody who's lived a while on this planet, you know that you don't find out who your friends are until hard times come. And when hard time comes, you're like, Oh, that guy's just lip service. He's an acquaintance or that guy's a downright enemy. Yeah. He never had your back to begin with, but this guy, He's staying there unwavering that he supports you no matter what. Mm -hmm. And one thing I look for in a friend particularly is you have my back, that you know who I am. And when other people might be floating loose talk about, well, this guy, that, and this guy, that, they step up and say, fuck you. You don't know a goddamn thing about this guy. That's what I do for my friends. If I heard anybody throwing stones at anybody that I sponsor, or anybody that I love, man, I would be on the front line pushing them down. I'd be like, you are not going to get away with saying that smack about my buddy because yeah. that is a lie. He is not who he is. That is not what he's doing. Um, so thank you. Thank you for all of that support and uh, for what you do. I mean, this dedication you have with this podcast to do about two podcasts a week and make sure things are in rotation and keeping it going. I mean, and now you're up in the numbers. I mean, it just astounds me. And you told me you had over 20,000 lists. I'm approaching 20. 20 I, I don't care. Even approaching 20 is mind boggling. It is mind boggling. That's phenomenal.
0: Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Well, and I know yeah.
1: those other things you do, you do on the side, too, like buy some books and shit. Don't think I'm stupid. I figure your yeah. stuff out. Yeah.
0: And uh, it touches my heart, man. It really
1: fucking makes me want to cry.
0: wow. Uh, I can say, you know, echo the similar sentiments, and that's why I do believe, you know, we, uh, the universe had us intersect, and and using your words that you just said a minute ago, uh, we saved each other's lives, you know, because you certainly saved mine, I'm, I'm, you know, there's a really still a good chance I'd be in jail. There really is. There's a good chance. I, and I know for a fact, we talk about trajectory change, I use that a lot, that these things change the trajectory of my life. Uh, I can promise you that that was going to be a trajectory changing event uh, one way or the other, right? It's like I stand at the turning point and I'm either going to go this way or I'm going to go that way. and uh, and. You know, I, I just still can't say enough about about what what you mean to me and how that has happened, and the lessons that I know today, and you know, my ability to help others. Uh, pretty much everything, you know, when I said a minute ago about everything that uh, everything that I do and and have today in my life is a result of recovery. But in exactly the same sentence, everything I do and have today is a result of you being in my life. It's just as equally as uh, as as. Uh, lost the word, but that's, it could be used interchangeably.
1: Well, I think this is the only way I've been able to walk this path. And, you know, you use words very carefully because people misinterpret what you're trying to say, like I just said about being, well, we'll go into that. But um, I didn't know I was going to walk this path. I didn't know where this path is going and I didn't know why I was on this path, but it was a calling. I just, I was, I, I, I was my higher power for lack of a better term said we need to do this and you've been given this gift and one of the, the beefs you had about this gift uh, 18 years recovery right I'm rolling through thinking I got it I got this deal I'm doing my deal I'm doing their recovery and then I get this twist around experience where my head's backwards now and I'm like what the fuck what is this <laughs> this is like this is like next level shit that's for lack of a better term and my first idea was how the fuck do I share this with others? I mean, this isn't out there. Why is this not out there? Why is there not a book? Why is this not written down for me to find God, that I had to scour and find the right teachers? And uh, so then God's like, well, if you mean that, let's put some feet under it. Let's, let's do some work and, and share it. Yeah. And, you know, the term that comes up from a lot of my other supports, they'll say things like, you know, you may be ahead of your time. And um, it's frustrating because human progress is sometimes very frustrating, and the evolution of our species are like God. How could they be so fucking stupid? <sighs> but it'll still be there. I mean, the guys that were ahead of their time with the light bulb and everything else—they were they did that work. The guy, I'll tell you the recent example that just blows my mind. The guy that started Zoom, man, we all owe him a prayer tonight. Yeah, you, yeah. Everybody that's getting that's able to do your job today because of Zoom. I want you to get on your knees tonight before you go to bed and thank that motherfucker because he he will tell his story, as I heard the short version, that he had no idea why he was doing it, nor did he understand why he felt this strong compulsion that he was going to build the network or whatever it was, the programming so strong that it could sustain a, a nuclear apocalyptic event. Hmm. That literally he felt this compulsion that he needed to build the whole deal that could handle that capacity and not knowing why
2: wow. he was
1: being called to do that. That's yeah. what we talk about a calling. You're being driven to do this thing in this direction without having no clues why you're going in that direction, but you're following it on faith. Hmm. That's what a calling is. And that's what I do with this book deal. like, I don't know why I'm, I'm not capable of writing this. I don't want to write this. I don't want to be this guy. I'd rather be, I'm more introverted that way. I'd rather be the guy that's just behind the scenes and work with my dudes. But somebody's got to step out and do something. And um, yeah, I'll say something else about that, too. Man, we all have heroes and teachers, and uh, without them, I think we'd be lost. And we may not have made it as, as a species, and we may not make it in the future. But I, I, one of my greatest heroes is John Lennon. And the reason why he's my hero is because he found his own path and grew throughout his path and took a lot of heat for growing the way he was growing, as he grew beyond the Beatles, a lot of heat. As he grew and he became socially active, a lot of heat. And then he was almost you know, deported from the country and became an enemy of Nixon and all that shit because he felt like he was being called to do the right thing to help people. And um, I firmly believe in my heart that this world would look differently if he had been alive through the events of 9-11 than through the events we're going through today. Mm-hmm. I think he would have been on the front lines helping to organize people and helping us stay strong and carrying the good message. And, you know, we don't have teachers like him. Maybe I'm just blind, I don't see them. There's a lot of teachers out there, don't get me wrong, there's a lot of people on the front lines, a lot more than we know, otherwise we wouldn't be here. Our galaxy would spin out, our earth would spin out, we'd be dead. But, um, so what I'm saying is that if you, if anybody listens to this podcast, you don't know the being that's inside of you, that's going to one day do things that are beyond any idea of what you were, thought you were capable of, but you can't and you're not ready for the journey until you do your interior work. You can't. You just can't. I could not have walked the path I'm walking right now, even just being a counselor, had I not done the work that I've done throughout my recovery journey. So that's a blocked, by the, blocked from
0: the sunlight of spirit. I blocked, not get blocked by that. my
1: programming, yeah. and also just that interior voice that says, Who do you think you are? Yeah. Who do you think you who? What makes you think you're that guy? Yeah,
0: it blocks
1: you. Let somebody else do it. You know, that's i am just gonna sit here in my comfortable little home, watch the Netflix movie. Right? Let somebody else change the world, yeah. right? But I'm gonna sit here and bitch about it and throw beer cans at the TV because I'm pissed off. But I'm not gonna pick up one finger to do something about yeah. it. Those guys kill me. They're the ones that bother me the most. And we we saw a group of those recently in our life of people that just wanted to throw stones and bitch about it. It's like, well, what are you doing? Yeah. How many people are you sponsoring? And how, how are you carrying this
0: message in your own way? Right. Yeah, that's but, you another know, big point. Is like, you know, you carry your message in your way. You in know, your and, own you know, way. And stand in your integrity and, and authenticity that and, and do it.
1: If we only had one voice in recovery, Born. you know how small our program would be? Yep. That's the beauty of recovery is when we get together as a group, you have your experience, strength, and hope, And that guy has his experience. And we have certain guidelines we follow. So it's cohesive. Just like I said about in our meeting, we say try to keep it to three to five minutes. That's a guideline so that we have a cohesive thing going on. But it's your experience, bro. I can't argue from where you're coming from. And you have that richness to bring to my experience. And then we grow
0: and we can grow from each other and people's hesitancy to come on here because they don't think they have anything to say you mm-hmm. you know the, uh, I, uh, I encourage them that you know yeah wrong somebody out there will connect with your message unlike they connect with anybody else's and that could be the turning point for somebody that bell that goes off that they they want you know uh they hear you know when we say you know somebody tells my story uh I get a little misinterpreted sometimes, but to me, that's that where you make that connection and that that will allow you to take some action to change your trajectory.
1: So if anybody has stayed with us this long and is listening to this podcast, I want to give you some inspiration, man. Um, we know you're hurting, and we know that you're confused. And, and I know what it's like to be in that dark hole of feeling like there's no way out and there's no exit door. Um, and that's so overwhelming, all of our problems we face as a species, that maybe it's just meant to crash and burn. Don't believe that. Don't believe that hype at all. Uh, it all begins with going back inside with tools to start healing yourself. Um, and this is a process that works. If you will find that book and you will read it and do what's in there. It's real fucking simple, I promise you. Um, it will change your entire existence on this planet. And I say that with authority because I've run into too many people. And by this point, it's probably into the... 50,000 range maybe of the people I've run into who will profess that how much their life has been changed by doing this work. Um, this is real shit and it's a real way out. It's not another false promise. Like maybe you've had in the past, you were disappointed. Um, but I guess I would encourage you to have the balls. Yeah. You ladies too, have the balls to make a commitment to yourself that says, I'm going to do this for me. I am tired of walking this old path. I'm going to shed it. this skin like a snake, and I'm going to make this commitment as a priority in my life. I'm not going to do some half time steps. You know, the book's available on Kindle Unlimited now, and I get a progress report of how many people are reading pages. And I'll see a day where people read eight pages, and I'm like, eight pages? <laughs> what the fuck did you get out of eight pages? And, 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 you know, and that's okay. If that's not their gig, I'm not saying it has to be everybody's gig, but I know there's people out there that want change, and I know there's people that, out there who want something better. And so I'm asking you to make a commitment to yourself that you're worth it to have a different existence than the one you're currently on. Don't just settle. Somebody, my patient Well, I guess I have to just go back to that job that I know is going to make me use. So I'll just go back and use and that'll be my life. Dude, you have no idea what you're capable of. Just like that quote you talk about from Marianne Williamson about, we are scared of our light. You have no idea what you're capable of and what you're meant to do on this planet. You've been bamboozled. As we all have, by selling in, by buying into what these people have been telling you is reality and is the path you have to walk if you're going to be in this country or in this culture, it's all bullshit. It doesn't matter in the grand scheme of the cosmos. You have a soul and a separate path that's all your own and growth work that you're supposed to be doing on this planet that's being completely distracted by you being so concerned about getting that next promotion at work. That's not going to be what you're thinking about on your deathbed. You will not meet someone on their deathbed who's thinking about that they got that promotion at work. They're going to be thinking about their relationships and what they did with their time here and whether or not they got anything accomplished. So make a commitment to yourself that I'm fuck it, I'm going to get this goddamn book and I'm going to just look at the work and give it a chance, maybe drop it in a meeting and, you know, maybe start my own meeting, right? I'll I'll say this real quick and then I'll let you get in here. so I get also sales reports about where the books are selling, and there's these books that are selling in Canada and Great Britain right now. And I don't know if you guys are out there listening to the podcast, but we'd like to hear from you because I'd I'd be interested to know who the freak's reading the book in Great Britain right now. Yeah,
0: and it's a call to action too. <laughs> you know, I really do ask and appreciate people's feedback. So uh, pull up your uh, email and send an email to Chris or I. You can find him on the twelve steps spiritual recovery.com. You can contact him through there and, and I'm Dan at spiritual So uh, yeah, give us some feedback. You know, you got questions, you got anything, Well, you're doing the work, you're reading it, uh it's a call to action to 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 give us some uh you know, we said earlier, we we need encouragement too. <laughs> you know, uh and, and we love and it. And we'll for match,
1: that. we'll bring you up on the podcast, we'll read some yeah. of them. Um, 12 step spiritual recovery has its own, uh, email at 12 step spiritual recovery at gmail.com there 12 step go. spiritual recovery at gmail.com. Uh, we're trying to build a community. We want to support each other. This isn't about me and Dan as we are not figureheads. This is just, we're part of the group. And that's what I love about the Thursday night group we have is we're all part of this movement. Yep. We're all part of this group. Yep. yep. I just have a hold of the shovel. Mm-hmm. Uh, doing my digging, I'm yeah. doing my digging. Dan's doing his digging. Shannon's doing her digging. Boy, is she making tremendous yeah. progress! Right. I'm so, so excited for her. Um, so many. Ross you know? did his yeah, digging this so week because Ross did the lead, and yeah. I'm going to tell you, man, Ross read this poem that had everybody in the room in tears Crying. this week, yeah. and that that was such a moving piece of of, of of prose. And first of all, I was greatly impressed at his abilities. Okay, because yeah. I'm yeah. a writer too. But the emotion he had from his heart when he was sharing it—he was trembling in his lip. He, he had almost so much didn't make it. Going. He almost didn't make it because it was so much from the soul. Yeah. And I know for a fact when he came crashing and burning into recovery, he was not capable of expressing and,
0: and revealing. No way. Those vulnerable parts of himself. No, he was so blocked up and, and guarded. Uh, yeah. That's, and that's and those you know, are gifts now he can express that
1: gift Shane right in his poetry which he says he's gotten away from but he wants to get back to these are gifts that again you know if you say you're not doing it, are you honoring it? Now, yeah. I know we're all busy. We have families and jobs and blah, blah, blah. But there's always time in the day if you want to have something that's important to you. Like when we were smoking dope and we were drinking, I always found time for that, right? Yeah, absolutely. So when you say you're not doing it, it means you're not honoring it. Do you really honor that gift you've been given so
0: that you can develop it and you get better at it? Yeah. You know that uh, One of my notes on my little scratch pad, Chris and I have been, so we don't lose our thoughts and stuff. Is just this... This other people's miracles, you know, and we're watching that happen. You know, and these people come in and uh, and transform right before your eyes. And you know, and, and some are huge; they're all huge. Some of them are apparent. Uh, some of them uh, are a little less so. But everybody is changing for the better, and everybody, like a you know, said I still yet to have found somebody that says. I wish I hadn't have done that.
1: Can I interject here, too? Because, you know, I'm always looking, and I, have to, I told you i got that pragmatic mind. I'm always looking for the reason. So for the people whose lights aren't shining as bright and maybe they're listening and they want more of this juice, I'm going to tell you where I see it, that it's not developing, is they're not 12 step people. They're yeah, not They're right. not sponsoring people. They're not involved in the service work. Take
0: people through this work.
1: When you see the people who are reaching out and passing it on to the next guy, they're the ones that are, the lights are, are growing it's out and their letter. lives are changing. And it's, it's an odd concept, right, that for me to progress in my job, occupation, my financial situation, my relationships, I need to give it away? Yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> Believe me, I know it's a bizarre concept, but yeah. it's the way it works. It is and so it. that's the difference. The people whose lights are shining so bright yeah. are thoroughly down with doing that 12-step. Want
0: know another difference? Yeah. People that will actually read the <laughs> book you can see it I know who's read that book and who hasn't yeah. you know and the people who, the people that haven't have also received the gifts and are progressing and are, are better and getting better just from being at the but meetings but there yeah. is a difference if you want you know we kind of that's what kind of what Ross was talking about that other night in the lead was that leveling up now the good thing about it is there's always a next level that is always available to us and that's that's obviously a miracle of this work in itself is that it's not like a diploma that you check off a finish line. I heard you talking earlier about that year 18 that I got this. And I know that's like dangerous words in the world, but you had come to a point where you thought this is as good as it gets. That much. This is all there this was This is what you
1: do. You go to meetings and you sponsor people. You were under
0: the illusion that that was all there is. And you found that there's so much more. And now you found it. You want everybody else to have it. And be specific. I didn't feel that
1: there wasn't more in the spiritual realm. And I was growing separately from my program, but I didn't know there was more in the 12 steps. That's that's the difference that that's life changing. That these principles are so uh, free-form and expanding and not rigid, that they can grow with time, and that they can grow with maybe maybe the human race wasn't ready for deeper level work. I mean, I could say that with authority too, because if you think about the 1950s. Yeah. Now you talked about this retreat you went on recently, and so you're going to take some time in the retreat to do a meditation where you're staring in another man's eyes. Try that in the 1950s, yeah. man. <laughs> Yeah. So maybe we weren't ready on some level. I know for personally, I wasn't ready for that deeper level work until I was right. further down the path. Yeah, yeah. go so, by that. And
0: he's just not ready now yet. Now I do uh, want to
1: put a word out though. You you don't have to wait till you're further down the path to get this work. Now, we have a tradition that we don't want to step on the toes of other fellowships, okay? So um, recovery fellowships have traditions of primary purpose, which means that they want to focus on people helping to recover in their particular illness because they found out through history that if they get too far out on a limb trying to deal with everything else besides that, they lose their their way, their focus on what they're good at doing. So um, when somebody's in earliest recovery, it does pay to go through first. Al Kluxedana's book... Or Narcotics Anonymous book because you've got to learn about the concepts of your disease. You need yeah. to understand the phenomenon of craving. You need to understand all that jazz. Yeah. Now, and that's I an personally, ear, a chemical This is person. my personal opinion. You should not let anybody hold you back on your spiritual growth. In fact, it would be a sin, as I've been taught by my teachers, when you get in the way of somebody's spiritual development. That's between them and their God and the universe. And even Bill talked about that, that we don't have a monopoly on God, okay? So anybody that tries to put that on you, they're they're off base. So when people come to me and they say, but I hear about this book and I want to do this, I said, there's no reason you can't read it while you're doing your 12-step work in the AA book. There's no reason at all. It'll just add to it. It's the same 12 steps, and it may give you some details that you're not able to get in the original text because Bill didn't know that when he was writing it. It was just the 30s, and he didn't, just starting out, we didn't have the knowledge we have today. So I have no problem with people doing both. I mean, I kind of did that when Burns was taking me through the steps. I'm listening to my favorite speakers, and I was getting just as much from those speakers Mm -hmm. as I was from Burns, and I owe them a debt as well. Yeah. So um, he just have to be my physical incarnation of a teacher, but I was listening to other teachers as yeah. well. Right. Yeah. I only had one sponsor, though. Let's be clear about that. You don't have multiple sponsors. He was the final guy that called
0: the word the shots. He was my sponsor. Um, there's certainly some uh, value, you know, as I expand some of the teachings in there, and, and, and I don't really know where singleness of purpose came from exactly. Um, I know I think it's talked about more in the 12 and 12 than it is in the big book. Uh but I come mean, one of the principles that I can expand and uh, and and apply to my life, and it comes into focus and that kind of thing, like honoring my work, singleness of purpose. When I'm doing this, it's a thing. It's a it's a it, it goes on to really to presence. Am I present in whatever my primary activity is right now? And one of the things like I used to go down and take a guy down for a fist step, and we maybe would do some playing also. Mm-hmm. You know, and I've stopped that. Yeah, like no we're coming down here as a single to purpose mm-hmm. to do this and we can come back next weekend and play <laughs> uh, but but to, to focus in on that um, that I didn't have the ability to be present or focus on things you know people talk about being multitaskers but you know that uh, you talked about that it's our uh, dark it's not our darkness that we fear most it's our, our light you know uh, the tail end of that thing says. Uh, as you let your light shine, you give other people permission to let theirs shine also. You know, and that goes into that same concept of not hiding our gold. Uh, sometimes I feel, you know, guy, the, little shoulder, the little guy will tap me on the shoulder when I'm doing these podcasts of who you think you are, or I'll listen back to one of my podcasts and hear me. And, uh, I don't like listening to and, myself. And uh, I have grown to... Uh, appreciate it to be honest it's another one of those ones like when i get done with a piece of work there's so many times that i get done with a project or i get done with a piece of woodwork or something like that and i stand back and almost have this detachment from it that's like wow i did that Hmm. Uh, the podcast is sometimes landing like that that where i'll listen to something and i'll go dang dan Mm -hmm. that was pretty good Uh, and that's, that's growth in itself to be able to congratulate myself on a job well done. Right. Yeah. Uh, to be able to have some pride, some healthy pride in, in the good works you're doing. Mm -hmm. Uh, but I love that, you know, and I know that's what we're doing here. We're letting our light shine so other people have permission to get theirs out. It's a need. Let's just put this out there. It's,
1: It's a need that we have, um, validation and praise in our life. This is a human need, okay? If you see children, well, go back to the, in the 60s, There's these experiments done with rhesus monkeys. And what they did is they took the mother out of the cage and to see how the rhesus mon- monkeys would react without that nurturing. And instead, they put this little clay figure that looked like their mother, but it didn't have fur or warmth or anything like that. And there's these videos, I remember just the picture of this, of this poor little baby monkey clinging to this thing and shaking trying to get some consolation or validation that i'm okay i'm okay and they they obviously grew up all neurotic and crazy Mm. and the same thing happens to adult children of alcoholics as they grow up in their alcoholic family system they're neurotic because they didn't get the nurturing and and praise so we come in this program and it's all about supporting each other and then you know that gets mixed with that idea like well be careful your ego though you know so i'm going to give you a praise but i'm going to then say, but don't let it go to your head, some bitch. Yeah. And and I don't buy into that shit anymore. I, I just I just don't. I, I, um, to be a healthy human being, it's important to have a certain amount of of. Um, I don't know if I'd use the word pride. I'd say um, respect for oneself. Um, that you do have gifts and you are accomplishing things of worth. And, you know, it becomes pride and ego, I believe, when you're boasting and you're running around everywhere, you know. um, If anybody gets accused, like, you know, you might hear the phrase as we did, you know, he's full of it, his ego's out of control. (laughs) Let me tell you something about ego out of control. I've been around 36 years. I've seen guys whose egos was, I, I, I mean, to be out of control, I don't even know if I've seen that level of craziness, but I've seen it to a point where as soon as they walk in the room, it's like promotion, right? You know, I have arrived. I mean, uh, there's some, I won't say who, what, where, but you probably know what I'm talking about some political figures can be like that. Like, You know, I am the king. I have arrived. That's what ego out of control is. And that's what pride and ego is. But having that simple, yeah, that was pretty good. I can look at that and I can feel pretty good about that. Yeah. I wrote that book. Hell yeah, that's, that's fucking awesome. Yeah. Well, pride um, without happen. that, the human animal cannot function in a healthy manner. That's a need. That's not a wish. That's a need that all human beings need. And to be honest with you, I think alcoholics need it worse than anybody. Yeah. Most of us grew up without having a father in our life like that, and that was supportive or gave us what we needed. Yeah. And so we do that for each other in the program. So I, I reject this, well, I'm gonna praise you, but then I'm gonna knock you down yeah. or I'm gonna make sure you check you, you know, well, well, hold up brother, I might need that praise. You don't know if I'm going home thinking that, you know, well, I'll just kill myself. I mean, I have an alcoholic mind just like anybody else, right? That darkness, you know, Bruce Springsteen, darkness on the edge of town. It's not on the edge of town. It's right there. Yeah. And, and if I let myself go without using my tools, I can slide. Now, if you don't believe this, folks, read my next book. It's a celebration of darkness. It is, it is the, it's the antithesis of what we're talking about today with Sonny and his drama. Um, stay tuned. It's a really good book. I'm really proud of it. Um, so I might need that little bit of praise. To go home and feel like life is worth it you know and sometimes when you get to an elder position people don't realize you're still human and that you can be hurt and that you have needs i mean you know people will come to me and say well you must get that all the time you know what a great counselor you are i said not really if i had to add up how many people have actually come back and said thank you for what you gave me you know to get started out on this journey not that i'm necessarily having to have that but if I were to, obviously, I'd, I'd say maybe out of, uh, what is it, 13, 14 years I've been in the game professionally, I would maybe only had less than 10 people. Wow. Less than 10 people actually give me a call and say, I'm having my birthday. I just want to let you know you were a big part hmm. of getting me going. And that hurts, you know, when you see people. and uh, I don't, It's not that my ego needs to have the praise, but it's the recognition of our elders that, hey, dude, you did something for me you you helped me on the journey if i without you being there at that my moment of worst crisis i'm not so sure i'd be alive or even right. here where i am at so i get it people move on to other teachers and so they get up and they thank their te- their sponsor and they think you know but they never think about thanking their counselor yeah it just doesn't happen. Maybe there's other counselors out there who understand what I'm talking about. It's it's you're a forgotten entity. Yeah. You're you're at the treatment center. And in the timeline, now line, they go into AA. They get a sponsor. That's the guy who gets yeah, the praise, yeah. not the guy at the treatment center that did that thing yeah. for me.
0: And in the timeline, you know, that's when they're all fogged up still. You know, they're real. You know, so it's you're still they in were that haze. And they were uh, a mess. When they do come out the other side, it probably seems so long ago that pride doesn't hold the negative connotation that, you know, there's a lot of people will throw that around in that negative, like the pride and ego thing, you know. Uh, I don't think pride has to be a negative thing. Uh, you know, I think pride has also got its positive aspects. Uh, it can be attached to confidence and uh, things like that, that yeah and
1: if you're gonna do things on a grand level you better have a certain amount of self-confidence so if you look at our uh, shakers and movers in, in, in world events or uh, the Pope you know Mother Teresa these are people who had a conviction of self Mother Teresa had a very strong conviction of self that you know despite all the heat she took from her own church literally to the point where they're gonna cast her out right because they do not want her drawing attention to women that's what it was really all about. Um, and you know, we don't want you going to serve the poor, and it's not about you. And she said, but I'm being called to do this. So I have to have a certain confidence in self that that's what I'm going to do. Yeah. Without those people, we would not be where we are as a species. So, yeah. And I'm trying to tell the listener here, you're that dude. Yeah. That dude who's doing that stuff. I mean, when Mother Teresa was younger or John Lennon was younger, being told that, well, I know for a fact of John Lennon, I know his story. When he was running around Germany and screwing whores and they were just starting out as the Beatles and saying, well, you're going to be this guy one day who's going to be on the social front lines, do what you're doing. He just said, what the fuck are you talking yeah, about? Get but out he here. went on the journey. He went on his own journey of discovery. And really, the unsung hero in that, this is a total side note, but I'm a Beatle freak is George Harrison. George Harrison was the dude that went the other way and said, drugs are a dead end. I'm going to get into meditation. I'm going to take you guys to see the Maharishi, and we're going to go to India in 1967. And the guy on that train and went to India and uh, changed John Lennon's path. Mm-hmm. I'm convinced of it. George Harrison enlightened him to that.
0: Yeah, there you go again with like being open to teachers in your life and i'm very aware of that today that awareness is another one of the big big things in my life that i can be aware of when something is being presented to me as an opportunity and and answer that call to adventure you know that's where you know i gotta answer the call i gotta pick up the phone when it when it rings
1: say yes yeah say yes be to the universe yes. occasionally yeah and it's it's really hard you know i mean even this morning you know saturday is a day to sleep in and do some writing And, uh, you know, it's outside the routine and I couldn't wait to get here and I'm excited to be here, but there's that little voice that's like, it's like, just say yes, man. Just say
0: yes. You never know what's going to happen if you show up. Yeah. I said yes to sitting in the woodshop till about two o'clock last night. And so when it come time to wake up this morning, I was the same way, but I was excited. I knew I've been excited all week. Jail uh, with you and share some well, of for me our it's our to life shine see what, so to see what higher do.
1: power has in store for us because you and i have an energy that we get together we just go off on tangents and and i try to just i had no agenda today yeah, certain either. things i really wanted to say about the pandemic and about the book and things like that but i didn't really have an agenda and it's yeah, interesting to. to see it where higher power
0: organically with you and i talking without a doubt it is cool should we see it should we sigh Yeah, I'm feeling pretty good. I hope the listener out
1: there is feeling pretty good after all this juice. Yeah. I mean, that's,
0: you know, that is just shine our light so that other people have permission to shine theirs. This is for you too. This is available to all of us. Draw to the light,
1: guys. When you see these people that have that strength, have that charisma, whatever energy, whatever you see draw to it and ask them where they got it, man. I mean, you know, you draw to Dan when he's out there at the freaking quickie mark and he's saying, I'm having a fa- fa- fantastic day. And the person's like drawn to that going, what's that? But she didn't ask you where you got it. Nope. Of course, it wasn't an opportunity. She's behind the counter working her job. But when you in your life see that in people, man, say, what are you doing? What, what do you got over there? That's uh, well, maybe I
0: want some of that. Yeah i get that quite often as i go because i just yeah i am fantastic most of the time and when people ask me how i am okay is not my answer (laughs) it it almost is never my answer Uh, matter of fact i kind of ding on it when somebody says that to me a sponsor you'll call or whatever and uh, how's your day it has been okay like dang hopefully there's more than that ain't there well,
1: maybe that one little phone call they had with you saying that could awaken them yeah. that there's still more to this day. You know, I was talking to my patients about one day at a time this week and what an art form it ninja practice. It yeah, takes a it lot is. of skill yeah. to really work that stuff, especially in today's world. We're all worried about when the vaccine's coming out and everything, you know, stay in today, stay in today. Uh, but when you stay in that practice, man... Um, I told them, you know, it was August 6th, Thursday, whatever. And I said, uh, you don't get this day back. August 6th, 2020, man. This is it. This is now August 8th, 2020. Yeah. What's going to make this day memorable? Are you going to sit there and admire the weather for what it is? You're just going to say, oh, it's nice, and just move on. Or are you going to really take a moment to breathe it in, slow down, and go, okay, yeah, this is a great day, you know, and, and appreciate the things that are happening instead of just blooping right through it. Yeah. Yep. Uh, when this one clicks off, it's going. Don't get it back. Yeah. Uh, I do. And one last thing too, man, you know, not a closer, because we'll get to that in just a second here, but I love it. When you say it, I believe it 100% too. I say it. I've never met a single person in my life who ever regretted walking this path. Not one who ever said, gee, I wish I hadn't done a 12th. (laughs) It's the exact opposite. They all think they're lucky stars. And it's so hard to be sitting on this gift and wanting to get it. And everybody's like, nope, uh, that's okay, brother. I don't really want that crazy shit.
0: Well, you don't look that happy. Oh, you know what? It's
1: good enough for me. Yeah.
0: <laughs> okay. <laughs> yep. And the same thing is is when people walk away from this. It just blows my mind. I, know. I just can't. It's sad. Like it. It's just. Uh... Both of us have sponsees
1: that are doing that shit right now. And I, I'm a guy that doesn't give up, so I do a little bit of chasing, but I'm getting better in my old age where I'm like, you cannot force the horse to drink that water if they don't no. want it, man. Yep. Yep, never. And, they and they'll come, claim they want it. That's the
0: thing. They come out of their mouth. No, I want to do this, and they just don't follow through with the actions. Don't, yeah, a lot of a lot of startup, no follow through. Uh, yeah, because I'm of the same opinion. You know, I'm gonna push and I'm gonna nudge and I'm gonna do that. But at a certain point, I'm not. I'm gonna If a you stop, don't pick you know, up the area, of the not, rope you know, I can't I'll, carry it for I'll, you. I'll, I'll do it a little. i but but at some point, that's gonna dry up. I need something back from you in order to keep me motivated to help you. And that's I like where those 12 qualities of sponsorship thing that I'm not going to help you wallow and stay in your shit. It hurts because you care about people. I mean, you
1: and I have a big heart. and We can even care about people we might not like.
2: Yeah,
1: I still care about you. I care about you as a soul, and I care about whether you're suffering. And to accept that, well, that is their path, that maybe they need a little uh-huh. bit more pain. That's up to them and their higher power. That's not for me to call. But I hate having to see anybody I care about in pain, even if I don't like you very much, I hate to see you go through pain. I do have
0: a compassionate heart. Absolutely. You know, and I want to sponsor everybody too, you know, I, I just, you know, everybody I hear, you know, that is looking for somebody. I want to If they it. got choose, if they're and, uh, wanting
1: to take the path. I like, mean, if they want it. Like uh, Shane called me yesterday and he's got this guy who's had to go back out a little bit and uh, the guy just, did a second step and he's he's on fire man and Shane said this is just lighting me up like Christmas that's what I want I want
0: the guys that are just like ready to go let's get going man I've been blessed with some awesome people and I'm gonna go see one of them in just a few minutes Hmm. Chase uh, uh, little girl roomie turns one today and uh, and I've been along for that whole ride too that's what's cool again this thing where we actually develop these relationships you know it's not a it's not just a, a visit in to somebody's life it's and that's you know another one of my ground rules is that you know and i it's not really a rule in this thing but uh, as far as that goes but it's an expectation you're I'm part in, of the family now and I am
1: uh we're in a family
0: I'm building the I'm building a relationship with you, man. This mm-hmm. is not that I'm just coming in to give you these twelve yeah. tools. I mean, so, some and walk people sponsor off. That's not otherwise.
1: But when I sponsor people, we grow very close.
0: Yeah, that's what I'm looking for here. That's my expectation that we that we grow close and it and so just so you know that's that's the angle of approach for me here. I want another buddy to do this thing called life with that's that's working these tools and 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 you know, shooting to be the best version of themselves that they can be. Because that helps me also shoot for that myself. We feed, like I said, their their light shining gives me permission to let mine shine, even in that relationship.
1: So, concluder, uh, concluder, I'm gonna let you go first. Are you? Yeah, I was just gonna turn the tables on you. Say, well, Dan. You know, at the end of the podcast, we always like to ask people if they've got any kind of a closer or a concluder or any uh, final thoughts that they'd like to say to the folks out there. So if there's anything on your heart or your mind, I want you to take a deep breath and, and just speak from your soul, man. What, what would you like to say to the person out there who's listened to this and, and maybe is thinking about doing this, but they haven't quite made up the decision? Uh, what would you like to say as a closer for the you podcast?
0: You know, uh, I looked out the window. I have this wonderful big picture window It sits at my workbench at a... Uh, where I sit and look out, and uh, if you are having that thought that, hey, man, that sounds like something that I need, want, et cetera, uh, the fact is is uh, that window is going to close again, and we don't know when it's going to come op- back open, and you can lose August the 8th while thinking about that, the old analysis by par- or, yeah, analysis, paralysis by analysis. Of of thinking this, you know, today is the day. You know, uh, Holly wears a shirt that says or a hat that she always wears says "Start Now" Uh, because we will, and I will do whatever I can because I am driven, I am led, and I will answer the call to help anybody that wants this thing. You know, if I can't personally do it. We'll figure out some way to get you into this work, and and as Christopher said earlier too, uh, you know you can do this thing with a book and a guide. You know, with a book actually takes a lot of. The, uh, if you, if you read that book, you can work these tools and get them into your life. Uh, you know, there was a time when you're doing a tribal knowledge, it took a lot of one-on-one time. Uh, we sidestep some of that although we still get all the benefits from it so uh, get you one of those books we can, we'll get you one of those books and uh, and get on a train you know this is the well, there's a button that's age old teaching too is that uh, you know goes from this is the day the Lord gave you uh, today what are you going to do with today this could be the turning point I hope it is
1: you That's ask all. You, I wanted to hear the official words of you asking me for a concluder. I
0: right. like, to hear, so, your, like yeah. to hear your voice. Yeah. Uh, well, I do, and I took that from Steve Ranella, and I call it a concluder. My <clears> voice was leaving me. You contacted him day?
1: to let him know the influence he's Yeah, I you? should. I should, uh, I well, should contact him. There you go. There's your uh, calling right there.
0: He's uh, quickly becoming actually my favorite podcast. Just send him an email and but, say, you don't yeah. understand, dude. I use your concluder deal on my own podcast. Yeah. Check it out. Yeah. So uh, he's, uh, his is a meat eater and it's hunting <laughs> the way that I hunt. And it sounds real abrasive and I like that too. Uh, but uh, his, his values align with mine. So I always ask, uh, go around the table and see if anybody's got any concluders What's yours.
1: I want to tag on to what Dan was saying. You know, um, know, being an alcoholic, I have multiple voices in my head. (laughs) And just growing up in society and being programmed by all these other people, I have all these other voices. You know, I have my grandmother's voice, I have my uncle's voice, I have the priest's priest's voice, I have the teacher's voice, coach's voice. And um, because of their phobias and because of what they were programmed with, they may have passed on messages to me that you can't do that or don't you go there. That's not that's outside the box of what we believe in, you know, and ultimately at the end of the day, this is between you and your soul and your higher power. That is what you are going to be facing when you're at the end of this journey and talk to anybody in hospice and they will tell you those are the things that bother the most to people when they're on their deathbed is, you know, what I didn't do. Yeah. What I should have gotten done. Man, I could, I could have cleaned that up with that person and not carried that karma into the next karma, but my ego got in the way. So when Dan talks about this window being open, expect to immediately hear that voice like, "Well, that book's too expensive. Yeah, or I don't have a credit card. I can't order it on Amazon. I no, mean, where there's a will, there's a fucking way. Yeah. And if you ha- get that little light lit, we have a saying when we're working with sponsees, man, you got to move when the match is struck. You right. got when the fire's strong, and we got to get going because that's going to close and go out on you, and you're going to go right back to your old patterns of thinking, usually defeated thinking like, "Well, well, who am I, man? I mean, these guys, they sound like they're got their shit together." To not not really dude we're just average people like you and we didn't know we were going to be doing this stuff we just got some tools in the toolkit that's helping us to do this stuff that's what the difference is and you can have these too but you have to have a certain conviction that i'm going to honor this for me that fuck it i'm taking this chance and it ain't that big of a damn chance to pay for a book now the book can seem costly because it's the damn printing cost. It's a big book. So thirty nine ninety five. because Amazon gets most of that. Okay. I'm not trying to make a huge profit on it. Just, you know, a little bit to pay, you know, a little bit, but the Amazon's getting the majority of that because it costs so much to print that many pages and and, and bind it. And I'm almost at the maximum of what they can bind. Mm-hmm. I think it's 800 and something. And I'm right there, 723 or whatever, but they can't even bind a book that's that big. So, um, if you don't want that, we try to make it easier. I try to break it into two volumes, so they start out with the twenty-four ninety-five book, or I break it down from that. I broke it down to the Kindle version, nine ninety-five. Now, I, sometimes I said, I gotta think about it. $10. Ten bucks, ten bucks to change your fucking life. Now, who doesn't go to Starbucks and blow ten bucks on a drink on, then maybe a Danish, or go to yeah. the freaking movies and you spend $20, 30 bucks at the movies, right? Um, the things we have our priorities about. When I hear people say, "Well, I can't afford it," or, well, what did you buy this last week? that you could use that money for something to change your entire existence on this planet. this is not lightly said, I'm not pumping this like an infomercial. I'm telling you the fact, this will change your entire path on this planet earth for the good. Uh, one of the concepts to the concepts we talk about in the book is more and better. Do you want better in your life? Do you want more than just this crap ass reality? They're selling us on television, mm-hmm. you know, I'm supposed to be all caught up in the elections and the Russian meddling and all this stuff's going on. Fuck that. That's not my path as a human soul on this planet. That's the reality. I find my soul in walking through the today, but that's not my reality. I have my own separate destiny. And you better pay attention to your destiny, brother, cuz your karma's going to come on you when you die. Like, like one of the gifts we have in this program that I do not see in organized faiths of other kind is this whole process of official amends where I go back and I make it right with you. I don't just say I'm sorry. That's not, a, that's not included in the amends. We don't have to say we're sorry. We go back, we say, I wronged you. What can I do to make this right so that we're square? So that when I'm dying, I'm not thinking about you. <laughs> and carrying that link with you that I forged that's negative. And you don't think that negative energy, if there's any kind of afterlife, is going to be taken with you? You think you leave that on planet Earth? I know there's a lot of people out there who claim to follow masters like Jesus and stuff, and they're burning the planet alive. They're making people suffer because they want more money and more power. And they believe that's not going to follow them. They believe that they just, oh, well, that's just something I did here, you know, I'll be forgiven. I'm sorry, pal. Most of the world believes in karma. The vast majority, I think it's like 80% hmm. of people walking walk this planet have some form of karma or redemption or whatever's afterlife. And uh, that many people can't be wrong. And all of us know that for a fact. If you walk through your day and you do shitty things to others and then everybody starts treating you like an asshole and say, well, I get it. I treated you like a jerk, so now you're giving that energy back to me. Well, it's the exact opposite in our program. As you begin to do beautiful tasks to help people, you receive all this juice back that's called karma. And I'm free of that. I can say honestly, and I don't wanna pass away today, but if I were to leave the planet today, I don't feel like there's anything I owe anybody. I'm pretty square with most people. Anything I've got is so minor.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: You know, I'm not even thinking about it on my inventory list, you know, I maybe cut you off in traffic, you know, something like that, you know, but it's not the major shit that I was carrying on my soul that I couldn't get free of, that was driving me to drink and drug and kill myself. Um, So if you, I do want to say this and then we'll call it a day. Outside the box, but here it comes. Dan and I talk a lot about how there's an unsung population in recovery who maybe went to the existing fellowship groups and they got hurt and they got hurt because they didn't like the God stuff, or they got hurt because they felt like the traditionalists scared them out of the room, or they got hurt because some old timer said something smart to them. And they've used that one person. And I've heard this so many times as accounts are like, okay, so that was your experience. What happened to you? Oh, this one asshole said this and I never went back. So let me get this straight. You're going to let one asshole keep you from your life's destiny or keep you in the hell of addiction. That's insane. This person you didn't like, they're your enemy and you're going to let them have that much power in your life to keep you stuck in addiction to to not make a change. So now what we're offering is there's an alternative. (laughs) If you don't like this book, if you don't like this way or this teacher, well, try another way. It's the same 12 steps. Okay. You're going to get the same 12 step experience, same 12 step result, spiritual awakening. If you are willing to allow yourself to have that opportunity. And most times we get in our own way. Give yourself that gift. Let yourself have that chance to have a better existence on this planet. Do not accept what's been poured into you. It's all false. Um, And we see it every day, the people in our lives that are changing and growing. We just want to share it with everybody in this entire world. And we'll do anything to help you. You're not alone. You reach out to us. You come to our Zoom meetings on Thursday and Tuesday. Um, Come join us, man. This is a great path, and we just want to carry it to everybody. And Lord knows we're going to need it. If you don't see the risk, okay, I thought that was the last thing. I guess there's one more thing I'm going to say. There's so many uh, psychologists, psychiatrists, and experts I'm listening to in the media who are saying (coughs) the PTSD, trauma, and depression toll. This is taking on the human psyche to go through what we're going through right now. And as much as happening at one time, right? It's not just one thing. It's several things happening that the human animal was not meant to be exposed to that many stressors for such a prolonged period of time. So they're concerned about the flood into the mental health system of people who were so-called normal and everything seemed okay, but because of this psychic accumulation of all this negativity, they're going to come out of it a little bit neurotic and jittery and maybe some depression and you know, and then you can go one way, you go to a doctor, they give you Xanax and they give you some pills for it, or you can get at the root of it and get free of it, which is what we offer in this program. So. Um, if you don't think there's going to be a toll on the human race from what we're going through, you're an idiot. You're blind. So this offers a way to get free and to have a much better existence on this planet. We've said it a thousand times, I know you're tired of hearing it, but I'll keep talking until I'm dry in the mouth. If it helps the new guy out there, (laughs) guy, we just want to help the next guy. And that's what this is all about. How can I carry this message to the next person, brother? And you're doing it every day. And I try to do the little bit I can. And, uh, Be a change agent. That's what I'll end on. Be a fucking change agent to help this plant to heal. Do not be part of the problem. Get in the solution. We love you all and we want you to join our family. That's, that's my message for today. Thank
0: you, Christopher. Thank you for coming in today. I'm going to hit this as I close out. It's good stuff, man. No doubt. So if you can't hear that passion, um, you're probably not tuned in here. Uh, if you don't understand that, uh, no, I won't, I'll put it in a positive. You must understand that, that Christopher and I are not expending this amount of energy on something that is not real. Uh, this is very, very, very real. And when we talk about the cost of the book, I like to ask people, you know, what exactly is the price of your, what, what is the cost of, to you of your eternal soul, your everlasting soul, the rest of the days you have left on this planet? Put a price tag on that. Uh, if, if we're worried about how long it takes to work this or whatever you know uh put a price tag on it and i think that, you know what i will tell you with with absolute certainty is that you are worth it you're worth the price of whatever you have to pay to get this thing it's not as big as you think it is but there's always going to be some uh there's always going to be a the books the aa book says a price must be paid and uh I'm gonna tell you that uh, you could not buy this from me today. No, no price tag in the world would be able to buy this away from, from me today. And everybody I know that has done this will say the exact same thing without exception. So, join us. Uh, we've done everything we can to try to get this message across to you and we're gonna keep on doing it too. Uh, I love to close these things and that's exactly what I'm doing today. Uh, If you're not having a blast in your recovery, it's your own damn fault. What's holding you back? Get on the train, get on the bus. And thank you, thank all listeners out there. Like Christopher said, the listeners are just out of this world. I'm completely, uh, I'm humbled by how many people listen to this and the feedback you all give me. Uh, So we definitely do want to thank you. Uh, Christopher and I thank you for allowing us to participate in our recoveries in this manner today. Peace Peace out. out!